You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! Sun's coming out today. Staying in, it's gonna find another way. Yeah, yeah. As I sit here in this misery, I don't think I'll ever know, Lord. Seen the sun from here. Yeah, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 
Ron Zero Fez. We are having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. But that's what happens when summer starts. Supermoon has somehow nudged the sun closer to the earth, and uh, we're just bursting into flames. Here's Garth. Garth, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, guys. Hey, um, um, Shannon News, gravesite's about a five-minute drive from where I'm at right now, and I just want to say thanks for playing that, man. That's good shit. Well, that's the artist of the day, Blind Melon. Uh, I'm looking over at the comments, Hicks, for your artist of the day. Yeah. And people are either saying, yes, great, or the... <laughs> and Shrek did this, I thought it would just be... Five no rains in a row. You can tell what people in the 90s just watched MTV and did not do album cuts. They have a body of work, people. Give it up. Give Shannon some respect. I give anyone respect who is willing to do uh, asset and put on a dress at fucking <laughs> Woodstock 94. That's a bold move. Love it. He's mistakenly thought of to be in the 27 Club. Wrong. He was 28 at the time. Is that so, right? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people say, oh, it's Shannon Hoon, 27 Club. But well, we do have a 28 Club then, right? Bradley <laughs> was uh, 28. Oh, yeah. So we could start the world's first 28 Club. Nice. Hopefully class, uh, Classic Shelf could jump in that in a few years. <laughs> well, I have, Higgs, I hope you're in the 99 Club. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, but I don't see myself going anywhere. No. No, you know why? Because you take care of yourself. <laughs> uh, all right, it is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, plenty going down today. Hicks, what's in your mind? What's driving your train this morning? Nothing. No, that's plenty. No, in my no. Brain. If you don't, if you don't have anything up, I'm sure Big Cat does. Fezzy, what do you got? Uh, Jim Carrey talking about. Talking about what? Uh, that he's not going to support Kick-Ass 2. Well, he's not going to promote it. Yeah. He said he can't put his uh, backing behind this after he went ahead and shoot, uh, shot it. and um, he Shoot said, it. Yeah. And then he said that he uh, did the film uh, months before Sandy Hook. Before and he was born again. I'm sorry, what, Fuzz? And, uh, before that happened. Right. So now he's born again. Born again anti-gun, and now cannot go out and promote the film. I guess he doesn't want us to see the film. No, I, he yeah he says it's he said he's proud of the film, but there's no way he can be a part of it still. How can he be proud of it if he doesn't go out and be part? You're either one way or the other. You got to say, look, I made a film and I fucked up, and if you watch this, you'll start and shoot kids, or hey, it's just a movie. I don't give a shit either way. Mr. Jim Carrey's a turncoat on his work. Well, you know, he was born again. He uh, he was lost, but now he's found. And he went and made that other funny video that had something to do with the 1970s version okay. of <laughs> Hee Haw and whatever the hell it was. All right, Jim Carrey making the big move. I'll tell you this, I've never wanted to promote so I'm I'm with him just on that. Just do not promote your work. I did something, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, but that's the end of it. Um, all right. So that that had Fed Fed going on. What's up? Oh, let me just say this off the bat. Pips with the 42 today, 42 crowds. Now I have to tell you, Pips, 
I would not have thought of this in a million years. What gives you this interest in massive crowds? I just love staring at the, the, the visual of just so many people in one place. It's just, it's great to look at. I think it's insane that so many people will come together for different things in life, where it could be a, a band playing, it could be a protest, you know, political thing. And between hundreds of thousands and millions, I think it's amazing. Uh, the Pope always draws very well. Um, a being part of a giant protest is always a really cool thing if you ever get the opportunity to do it. I think we've got a couple up here. Uh, the Tea Party rally is up. The I don't know whether we've got any of the anti-war things up there. But uh, Martin Luther King drew that gigantic one in D.C. that time. And I, I hate when people do, like, if they'll throw a million men on there, because you don't know what you're going to draw. I would be in bed. Then people are like, you know, they say it was a million men. It probably wasn't more than 450,000. Rather than being impressed with that, New York will get million people for a parade all the time, but they're up and down the streets. Now, do you like being in a, in a crowd? Um, it depends for what it is. I mean, later in life, with my great health condition, standing in a massive crowd in like the heat or something, no, I don't like it anymore. The British are way better at rock concerts than we are than going somewhere and standing balls to ass for fucking 16 hours. <laughs> I'll have to get out of there. I just can't stand in the same place, particularly between bands. Yeah, drives me fucking insane. And then if you've ever been up front at one of those major concerts and you start to get the crowd swerves oh, yeah. where everybody's going to the left and everybody's going to the right or those deals where they actually have to have people up front pulling people out of the pit because they're dying. <laughs> Literally dying. There was the Guns N' Roses show over in Europe somewhere where people were crushed to death, not from a riot, just from standing too close. Good seats. Good good placement yeah. in the crowd. <laughs> it was so great that my lungs ended up collapsing. Um, so Pips has got his 42 crowds up. Now, you could be the first collector of this, Pips, because like I said, I never would have uh, thought of it before. Do you have a favorite crowd? Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, if you're going to go for the band one, I think the Metallica one in Rush is pretty cool. Never have I seen anything like that before. Have you ever seen the video, Hicks? No, I never saw it, no. Just go Monsters of Rock 91. i gotta switch. I got to switch people around here. Monsters of Rock 91 Moscow. Yeah, when I saw that, it was insanity. I couldn't believe how many people were there. I could not believe that the band is stuck in the middle of it. There had to be a half a million people at this show, uh, and all pressed up. Now, this is not the one that we're looking for. This is Metallica. Metallica. Yeah, this is the one. It is one of the most... Are these ads that were... These aren't the ones I'm looking for. I'm looking the one. Uh, I'm looking for the one that has Enter Sandman on it, because it is the strangest picture that you'll ever see in your life. You got to check this out, Hicks. Oh my! 
Where do you get a, a look at just how many people are losing their shit at the same time? And you're thinking to yourself, if I was the band, I'd want to get the fuck out of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got it over here, but not over there. Let's move it over. Switch out for five seconds with him and get that up. Wait, yeah, bring this up now. Bring oh up this up. God. Look at that crowd. It looks like everyone in the world. I know. It's horizon. And as close as they can get. Now, watch when Metallica starts playing Enter Sandman, how they just lose it. <laughs> they fucking lose it. And it's they're like fire ants. And they even got these swinging helicopter shots here. <laughs> How do you maintain when you're the band? Jesus. Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? The Live Aid was impressive. This makes it look like shit. Well, Live Aid, you're you're capped out at a hundred thousand. This just goes on like a city. Damn. They're all losing their minds. I don't know how the band <laughs> thinks themselves. I would just actually say to the microphone, "There is a way out of here." Correct. You guys like us, right? Yeah, you're looking at the other guys in the band like, do not fuck up today. Under no circumstances do you fuck up for these Ruskies. Um, hey, here's Joe in Texas. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I think y'all uh, played a little bit of it there when you were looking for Metallica, but uh, if you look up Primal Concrete Sledge from Pantera in Moscow, it's one of the most fucking insane Joe clips I've ever seen. All right, thanks, dude. Um, Hicks, your guy Pips, always surprising, always strange, the collection <laughs> that he has of crowds. Now, there is this favorite, famous uh, crowd shot from 1939 of people in Brooklyn on Coney Island, and it looks like the least <laughs> relaxing summer thing in history. I it looks like Metallica's playing Russia. I guess back then there was no place else to go in all of New York City besides Coney Island. Well, no one had an air conditioner. Shit. So <laughs> everyone in the world had to get out of their apartment or die. So better <coughs> to go there. But I can't imagine the molestation alone. Oh, sure. Have an Nathan's hot dog, grab a titty. Every single grain of sand is covered with a person. Uh, here's Ed in West Virginia. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, y'all need to check out on YouTube, ACDC, uh, Live at River Plate. I think it's Thunderstruck is the song. And when that kicks in, uh, it, it just get, shit hits the fan. It's really crazy. I just got uh, written up on this uh, to Pips. Is your favorite crowd the one that you can most easily affect with your plague? Oh. 
because not only did he get Hicks sick, yeah. he also uh, got Ba sick. Oh, Pips, never come in sick again. And Ba said that he was so sick that he was pissing diarrhea. Oh, That's bad. That means you're if you're pissing out the poop, that mm-hmm. means you're close to death. That means you should be in an emergency and room. They, they told him he was fine, that he just needed a really cold juice. Sounds like he went to the same doctor Pips went to. Pips's doctor just told him to get out. Pip actually goes to an Al Qaeda doctor, so he was telling him go into the subways, really? hang out in Times Square, cough on people. It was really cheap, though. Um, sure, it's cheap. Life is cheap to you people. <laughs> uh, Ron and Fez show on a particularly warm day. Uh, coming up a little later on the show, the one and only Eddie Trunk. Eddie is going to come in here and explain to us that metal rules and everything else drools. I had an email that I sent in. I can't uh, find. Um, somebody asked some favors of us. I'll try to get to that uh, a little later on in th- uh, today. Hicks, you'll be happy to know this. They're now saying Molly is the number one pre- uh, preferred drug of young and old professionals. Well, that's nice. I think I think it's, it's seen because a rappers in the last maybe three years, rappers. It's all they if they mention a drug in the song before even smoking weed or anything, they're mentioning eating or snorting Molly or popping a Molly, as it were. I kind of feel bad now for cocaine, who for many years was the preferred drug of the professionals. Yeah, just number one, just blow some rails. But now I think because Molly is seen as safer than cocaine. That's that's one of the what's uh, one of the big, uh, I guess, selling points of the drug, even though it's just pure ecstasy. Hmm. It's all anyone talks about. Cocaine is becoming blasé. And heroin is back. Oh yeah, that's not going anywhere. Uh, Mavis wants to know if Shelby can sing along with Blind Melon since he has the voice for it. <laughs> Shelby does not sing Wish and does could. not dance. Why, why not, Shelby? I mean, I, just, you know, bust out some dance moves. What's the big deal? Here's the thing. You wouldn't sing Waterfalls. When it comes to singing, when Shelby was younger, he sang, and a member of his family died. Oh. Now, I don't think there was any connection, but you can't tell that into a baby's head. It could have been, like, you know, some sonic, sonic explosions inside their brain. I don't know what it was. The kid's a hell of a singer, though. Um, Death singer. You know what? You're not making it easier like that. <laughs> now I don't want him to sing. What if one of our heads explodes? If I have anybody sing on this show, it's going to be Stan McDonald. And that kid can bust out a tune. I got a lot of people wrote to me about Stan McDonald, about how much they loved it. Nice. And 99% of them were girls. <laughs> girls love to hear little kids on the radio. So strange. So strange. I, well, I, he was the strangest part of this. Dave says... Can you watch my son while I go talk to Adrian Peterson? And I say yes. And it was time for me to interview Adrian Peterson. Dave left him here to, I guess, torpedo my interview. He was interrupting. The most interesting thing about that kid, and he, I mean, I would have stolen him in a second. Like if Dave, <laughs> if Dave says, do you want Stan and Strummer? I'd have taken them both. But 
to watch the way the kid got his whole mood changed on one M&M peanut. He got jacked up. Speaking of kid cocaine. He got cocaine. jacked <laughs> And I said in my check, I go, I don't remember our kids being like that. And she says, oh, yeah, you just never paid attention to him. I go, oh. I just gave him candy and left. Oh, see, all right, that's that could be a problem. Well, it was during the war, so which, I couldn't be there much. Which war? War inside <laughs> that I'm dealing with myself. War, a war against myself. Um, but that kid was so funny when the sugar kicked in and he started me- being mean to Joe with us. Oh, it was great. He was loving it. Everyone, everyone likes to be mean to one other guy. That's the biggest. That's the biggest fun in in, in the world. Then you're part of the group, just beating some yeah. dude down. One guy is out. <laughs> uh, after the uh, show, uh, he uh, Rob came in and said, "Hey, I really like Stan McDonald on the on on the show today." And Fezzy callback did the where, and Rob goes. Right here. You weren't in here when it happened? And I go, yeah, Fez, you were here, weren't you? And Fez just did the, the uh, drop shoulders and chin bit. I tried to do a callback. Um, and that made me think, see, this is what happens when Joe leaves. Somebody's always <laughs> got to be out. Um, here's Frank. Frank, you're on the Run of Fez show. You're talking about drawing big crowds. Yeah. I'm thinking Supergroup, Stan McDonald, and Tidal Wave. Get it together. Tidal Wave works without a singer. As they say, we don't need any lyrics getting in the way. They're not open to ever adding? Why would you? Who's better than Jeff Beck? The Jeff Beck Blow by Blow album, you could spend hours listening to that. As soon as you put a singer on it, it would be terrible. Well, it's nice. The instrumentals are nice, but you know, I think people want to hear some songs. But then why don't you put up the volume? Here's uh, Kevin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, it's from me? Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you're a big racing fan, but... The way you talk, I think you can respect it. Uh, pull up some images of the Indianapolis 500. Uh, they get over 200,000 people every year. It's, it's a heck of a thing to be in that crowd. I hate crowds, but I like being in that crowd every year. Uh, there's lots of pictures online, so check it out. See ya. I will, uh, I will take a look at that. You know, you know what the thing about that crowd is? They're wrapped around that couple miles there, so it doesn't seem as big. But all those racetracks are, have gigantic amount of people there. Spy report. Huh? Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. And this is important. Spy report. Ronnie B quotes is back up and running. Oh, Spy report. God. Spy report. Spy report. Maybe we can put our. Montana vacation behind ourselves. Spy report. Spy report. And get back into it. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Yeah, I'd love to be in Montana. Spy report. But I gotta be here quoting. Spy report. Spy report. Thank God for that.
are you a big fan of the Courtney uh, Stotton's new uh, new breasts? Yeah, she has uh, Courtney Stotton, the young girl, about eighteen now, I believe. She's eighteen years young. <laughs> yeah, she's gotten giant new breasts. I, I they look kind of freakish, to be honest. I like them because they're bigger, <laughs> they're harder, yeah, and they're pointier. Kind of scary looking. And her old breasts were soft and natural, and they they just grossed me out. Where these yeah. are exciting because they're pointy, uh-huh. they're enormously large, and they're robot-like. And that's a fucking turn-on. You like robots? No. I like robot breasts. There's a big fucking difference. Pay attention, Hicks. Uh, I know you've been sick a lot this year. You're taking a lot of time off. Once. <laughs> now, tomorrow, uh, once for three days. I know. It, I'm not happy about it either. Tomorrow, we're off, and I want you and Pips in here. All right. You know what I want you guys to do? What's that? Stand. Just like no other. Nothing Go else. in the office. Stand in a corner. That sounds kind of tedious. I mean, just I'm, how am I gonna fill the time? How'd you fill the time when you fake sick? I fake sick. I was really sick. Really? Yeah. How else are you gonna give me codeine cough syrup unless I'm really sick? I think you'll find a way. <laughs> sure. There's black markets. Come on, dude. Don't be fucking racial. I'm not being racial. You see one after Paula Dean. They, you, they fucking drummed her out. Oh, yeah. Food Network. Done with her immediately. You're shot, Paula. The rest of her sponsors are again. QVC might dump her. Oh, we don't know yet. That's a rumor. Just uh, for- Richard Cranium wrote this into us on Twitter. What happened to Fez's assignment? He was supposed to write a piece about how the gays uh, should act at Pride over the weekend. Is this another thing, Fez, where you forgot? No. No, I did not forget it, and I will have that a little bit later in the show. You're going to start writing it right now, aren't you? No, I am I am prepared. I just uh, need a little time to get my thoughts together, and I'll have it a little bit later. That means you're going to write it now. Instead of over the weekend. You know what? One thing I do like about Jim Carrey, at least he comes through with what he says. He hasn't dropped it. I mean, no. made the video. Now he's saying, fuck you to get a guest too. Like Fez, he hasn't started going to comic book movies after swearing to us that he never would again. Unbelievable. And then Fez is complaining about Superman. Years ago, you said you never see another comic book movie. <laughs> Did you like the third Batman, though? No, I didn't like that at all. You weren't even supposed to watch it. <laughs> Did you like the Avengers? No, they chose that's that. Another one you hot. weren't supposed to watch. You don't even like. I I guess he gave his review of Superman when I was when I was out sick. I, don't, yeah. I guess he didn't like it. Not a fan of it. Stop going to them because you don't like any of them. He'll never go to another one again. He's not going to see any movies or wrestling. Good. You know why? I watched that fucking shitty Superman movie, and he is the worst character of all time because all he can do is run into you. That's his only power. He just That's flies power, into you. Though, man, when he's really good at it. Yeah, give me some fucking metal claws or whatever, laser vision, and you you run into you until you knocked unconscious. It's shitty. All right. I haven't seen it yet. Well, I didn't give anything away. It's just you know he just doesn't really do anything besides run into people. Lawrence Taylor used to just run into people. They put him in the Hall of Fame. Oddly, they put him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Damn. That's crazy. Before Kiss. God, good. That's not going to make Trunk happy. 
How about you call him Eddie Trunk instead of Trunk? E Trunk in the house. Why is that getting a laugh? He's a person. This is a good nickname. Something going on with you. <laughs> Everything's gravy. I'm just worried about Paul Dean. She's not going to have a gig soon. Uh, she's got some money put away. And that those kids of hers, they're probably scared shitless of losing their fucking TV shows. Why? They shouldn't have to do something because their mom did it. Yeah, but still. But still what? I, I'm sure that they're, they're nervous because they don't know what's going to happen. Because Food Network might just clean house. They might not want anything to do with the Dean name. You know that they all own their own restaurants too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. These I'm guys are doing okay for themselves. Um, Mike, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, Ronnie D. How's it going? Yeah, I think one of the most craziest like crowds I've ever seen is uh, Metallica in Russia, man. It's just like an ocean. Dude, we just fucking people. talked about it, man. We fucking put what it up. Is... What the hell? Have another cocktail. Oh, uh, it's Monday, 11.30. Why'd you even bring up tail? <laughs> <laughs> Continue your gay bender. Pips, who's on the phones today? Uh, bah, and he's told me that's not what he wanted to say. He wanted to talk about Metallica in Germany. Why don't you just start screaming at Bah right now? Don't like that, what you're doing. Bah, what the fuck are you doing? Thanks. You can't do calls like that, man. <laughs> God, that's, so, <laughs> Pips, that's so good. That's so perfect and dead on. Um, here's uh, Jason. You're on the Ron Fest show. Hey, Ron Fest, Pep. Hey, uh, about the Paula right. Dean situation. I mean, you might not like what she said, but besides that, put that to the side. She says some things that are people find offensive, and uh, little Wayne steps on a flag, which some people find offensive. But yet, one company fires Paula Dean, but Republic Records, who's uh, little Wayne under contract to, does nothing, says nothing. I just find that odd. Well, the, the thing is, Republic Records doesn't have the same type of advertising problems that Food Network has. So Food Network fires Paula Deen, not because, probably not because that they were upset about it, because they don't want to lose any of their advertisers. This is the fucking way that you deal these days. People panic at the thought of losing advertisers. Now, if you're Republic Records, and most of the people who buy your albums are 18-year-old black kids, you don't have the same kind of constraints. I mean, Lil Wayne doing that only helps the record. Prop with his with his fan base, they're gonna they're, you know they're gonna love it. And it's a little, there's a difference between a music artist known for doing crazy shit and Paula Dean, the face um, of. Food Network for a while. Though. I don't fucking watch Food Network at all. I watch I'm Chopped. done with it. I like Chopped. I like Chopped the first time it was on when it was called Iron Chef and it was better. So oh, Iron Chef, uh, there's a lot of new Iron Chefs now too, so yeah. it's, it's getting diluted. But I mean, Chopped is still just doing the old Iron Chef thing. <laughs> yeah. We're going to tell you how to cook and then we're going to vote you out because of it. Mm -hmm. I don't watch any shows where people get voted out. You're probably better off. But I also don't know how I'm going to use coconut in this fucking dish. <laughs> Are you telling me I got to use chicken livers in my dessert? Yeah, man. It's then savory. I'm going to have some ice cream and two chicken livers next to it. 
<laughs> but so you have to I, integrate all, the entire basket yeah, into one. Yeah, but I do like when they do that. <laughs> like, they'll tell them to use pineapple, and they'll just put a slice of pineapple next to it. It's great. I, in, in its natural form. You see them uh, coming, though. Like, listen, man, you're going to get... Mark Murphy's going to tear your shit up. Because that was lazy. I've seen the show a million times. Before it was all even called Chop. They vote people off. I don't give a fuck if someone has played it in time. But no, that 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 makes you know if you're a real chef or not. If you can really? make it, because there's plenty of fucking times I'm at a restaurant where I feel like they're taking their time plating. If if what they were saying was true, they would hit some kind of fucking clock, and I would get the food at the same time. But I've gotten my food in five minutes, and I've gotten my food in fifty minutes. So I'm fairly sure. They don't care that much in a real restaurant. Jeffrey Dean Morgan coming in? Yes, Mr. Morgan. Mr. Morgan. Oh, God. Mr. Morgan. Uh, he is on a uh, show, I don't think we've talked about it in a while, called Magic City. <laughs> and that city is magic, and it's crazy, and it's rocking, and it's up on stars. Um, how quick before he's in? Because I see blowhards on it. It's tough for me to get him off. A few minutes. Okay. Blowhard? Just curious what you think about the new show tonight that's coming on, Under the Dome. Hit or miss? Are we going to jump aboard this show, or is it going to be a bomb? This is the first time I'm hearing about it. Stanley really, King's new... Uh, CBS tonight at 10 o'clock, and uh, it's just King. a giant dome covers a, a town. Hold on. Did you just say Stanley King? <laughs> yeah, Stanley King. That's uh, It's called Stephen King, Stanley King. To me, look, <laughs> I should make fun of you, but uh, the first thing I fucked up today is I said, Hey, Chris, what's on your mind? And you looked at me as if suddenly I broke out in Chinese. Uh, I haven't seen it. Blower, I think you might like that Sunday night show... With the all-European FBI, though. Yeah, I'm interested. That's definitely uh, on the list. That was on last night, and I watched the full two hours, and it was pretty good. Crossing That's the lines. Donald Sutherland show? Yeah, but he's barely in it, if you want to be honest. I mean, out of two hours, he was in it for fucking four minutes. And then Big Brother starts this week, too. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. All right, I will watch Under the Dome. All right, we got to see if it's any good. You know I'm looking for my new Lost. This could be it. All right, brother. Take care, guys. Peace. Bye, Blowhard. Love the Blowhard. Here's Craig. He knows a little something about Under the Dome. Stephanie hey, King's new uh, thing. So uh, I heard this was a uh, Brian K. Vaughn thing. A Brian K. Vaughn? Yes, I heard this Under the Dome show was his new thing. All right. I got to talk to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but then when we get back, we'll get to the middle of this. Uh, stars. One of my favorite shows on TV is Friday at 9 o'clock. Uh, Ike from that show, I'm trying to find the full thing of every. Oh yeah, he plays Ike Evans. He's got a hot wife. He's got crazy kids. He fucks around with gangsters, and uh, I think he's going to end up with Kelly Lynch at some point. Nice. He's a wild man. James Conn starts this year. Let's bring in from Magic City, Jeffrey Dean Morgan.
seems ridiculous, but I've only heard that theme like once now. And no, yeah, it's just all. I I know. I'm just trying to pay attention to the new theme, and I'm like, I don't know yeah, yet. Something's, something's, uh, something's a little different, but it gives different. it a different vibe. It gives it a little vibe as a story. You know, this show, and I just had Mitch in not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, he said he loved you. Well, he's... He's great, isn't he? Uh, there's something... Uh, how many stories does the guy have? Well, what kind of life has he lived? It's uh, amazing. Yeah, an amazing life. Yeah. And, and uh, I know he talked about it on the show, and he said that you had done all the all the research and, and stuff on his life, which um, I'm sure thrilled him to no end. But, you know, the, the fact that he kind of came up with Belushi and and uh you know and Bill Murray is his best friend and and uh, you know he's had this kind of he's married to a movie star you know it's phenomenal it's but, phenomenal but you know for a long time i've read about him for years right yeah. because certain stories would come up mitch is in it he's the first one to write about mitch and because of the miami mitch thing i always kind of figured him <laughs> as like a hustler like almost like a mickey Rourke character himself <laughs> who so, we went to high school with yeah, and right, buddies. which is yeah, just yeah. crazy yeah so i really just felt like he was going to be and then his whole vibe is just totally yeah. different yeah he's know? got this kind of easy going he's this super intelligent vibe yeah. um uh, and, and a great storyteller, just one of those guys you can, you know, kind of let go and just, you know, listen to for, for days on right. end. But, you know, we met like two and a half years ago at the Mercer Hotel. To, he was trying to, you know, get me to do Magic City. And, and I think initially I just kind of fell in love with him. Yeah. It wasn't even about the show. It was like, I love this guy. Right. And now, you know, for two and a half years, I talk to him every night for like two hours a night, no matter where we are in the world. And we are texting, emailing, or talking, you know, via the phone, generally about the show in some sense, or making fun of each other about something. But he's just become this, you know, not only kind of like this brilliant writer, which, you know, first and foremost, that's, that's, he is that, but um, he's like my best buddy, and 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 I've just I've kind of fallen in love with him a little bit. Like I might have a little bit of man crush on him. He's got great hair and um, an all around good dude. Um, I, I'm really lucky to have him in in my life, and and, and uh, you know we'll see what happens with with Magic City as we go along here. But you know I know I know I'll have the, the Mitch forever. Well, you well you know what's great I think about his storytelling is because he has a journalist background yeah and the wire had that as very yep. few things do so when someone does have that kind of curiosity to get it right and to me uh this show magic city is like mitch trying to figure out the world that he was born into That's this right. was his world mm -hmm. and now you go back and you go what exactly was all that shit happening down there yeah yeah the i mean he was a kid at the time but he's got these great stories of you know being at wolfie's diner and and meyer lansky telling mm. him to shut up and i'm sure he might have told you some of these stories but uh, he worked at the Deauville Hotel, which is a hotel that hasn't changed in in a hundred years or eighty years or whatever, um, at, at all. They yeah. haven't even changed the the carpet. And he worked as a pool boy there, and he saw the Beatles play there. You know, uh, um, he was there when Muhammad Ali changed his name to Muhammad Ali from Cassius Clay. Right. That whole period. And here was Mitch, you know, the little pool boy, and his dad was. Uh, an electrical engineer who worked, uh, you know, in Miami and in Havana, and designed the 
the chandelier that uh, that uh, was for the Eden Rock at the time, mm-hmm. um, which the Fountain Blue and the Eden Rock were kind of the places to be, uh, still are in many respects, but designed the chandelier that went in there in 1957, and it's the chandelier we have hanging in the Miramar Place. That's the exact wild, fucking one. That's wild. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, there's so much beauty in this show, and... Each little thing, like just when your character is flying to Miami, that plane, who would not have wanted to be in that plane? There's so many things. You're like, how can we be looking back and it's better? Yeah, things were that's cooler exactly and better. Right. More beautiful, you know? better, uh, way cooler. Music, yeah, the desk you sit at, everything, everything is going on. Everything was cool. Yeah. And the detail they put into those sets. Uh, uh, our our sets are uh, Bertram Yacht. They used to build these massive yachts, and uh, we took over this yacht building warehouse and built a hundred thousand square feet of warehouse space that we built into our soundstage, and we've used every fucking inch of it to build. You know the hotel. Everything yeah. is is built, um, and it is the most amazing set you've ever seen. So walking out on that the first time, you're like, "I'm doing basic cable." The, is, yeah, 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 yeah. I you mean, know? you know, but you know, the, the basic cable. But I think uh, I think there's like three shows: us, Game of Thrones, and Boardwalk Empire that have that Ju- kind of, yeah, you know, that are just blowing everybody yeah, else away. Yeah. As far as sets and stuff, there's yeah. no one can compete. You know? uh, the the whole thing between what is Ike. Is he a, a businessman who's near gangsters? But to me, if you look on one side as a gangster, another side on a gangster, after a while you got to start thinking, I'm, I'm, a, gangster. Yeah, I'm a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> this is where gangsters yeah, yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. You know? A little bit of Frank Sinatra in there, I right. think, right? That's um, what happens. Yeah, it is what happens. And, and, uh, you know, I think last year we did a lot of uh, Ike is this family man, and and uh, he'll do anything to protect his family. This year, Ike is not as much a family no. man as he is a gangster, and he's going to do anything to protect his investment. Uh, so it went from protecting his family uh, to I'm going to protect my hotel. And the family's being drugged further and further into this. Yeah. So this whole thing of... Oh, I'm a good dad, and I'm taking care of. Yeah. When you really look at it, if you just walked away, you'd be a better dad. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and so this year, though, those relationships are certainly going to be tested because you know, Ike, Ike, though he has been walking in this gray area for some time, I think is starting to slip, and and you know, the gangster element is it, it, he's become so obsessed with that life and these people that um, he starts to kind of live in this world. So yeah. uh, there's it's hard going home at night and going your Seder when when you sure. you got murder on your mind, you know? <laughs> but, you know, Miami is one of those places that's a tough place to live without thinking, hey, there's so much money going around, I'm going to stop some of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And everybody does. If you move there within a couple of years, you are like a guy from Miami. You that's know what exactly I mean? right. Yeah, it's, you, it's a different you're vibe. You're saturated by the yeah. Miami vibe quickly. Yeah. Um, Miami's an odd place. I love it in one respect. In another respect, it scares the crap out of me. Um, it should, man. You know what I mean? It's like uh, Vegas. Yeah. You should, That's exactly like, right. Yeah. It's, there's, it's there's Vegas a, on the beach. It's, there's a period of time where it's all fun, and then you've been up too long. That's right. You know? That's right. Um, I, you know, I'm pretty contained down there, and I've yeah. got a three-and-a-half-year-old kid, so I'm on pretty good behavior, but... Uh, you know, they got me working every day, 16-hour days, six days a week. So I don't have a lot of time to get in trouble, but it's not a place I'd want to raise my three-year-old kid. No. You know what I mean? No. 
Um, a cool place. My, my younger castmates are in constant trouble. They're, sure. You know, having the time of their lives. But uh, my older, and, and Danny Houston. I should say my younger castmates and Danny. <laughs> and and he, he is fucking Ben Diamond. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. He, yeah. You know, him and that character have kind of melded together. Danny is not of this age, man. There's no, a, he's his fucking father's son. Yeah, what he's he is. a throwback. Yeah, he's John Houston. I yeah. mean, he is. And, uh, but there's this kind of elegant quality to him. Sure. Much like Ben Diamond. Um, um, I love him to death, and I don't know how he does it, but he is absolutely a throwback. That's it. And who's ever? I mean, no one's ever come up with the. I'm gonna sit up at the two way mirror and watch my wife fuck. That is so. Not in the fifties, and then yeah. and then, uh, and then pee on it, you yeah. know, as he's watching them fuck. I'm like, what? Oh no, he goes. I mean, we knew that Ben Dyne was crazy last year. He yeah. does some stuff this year. We would be sitting there doing uh, in the middle of the table read. Uh, for before we shot the upcoming script, and and we'd be reading the script for the first time, and and uh, we would find out what Ben Diamond was up to, and I mean, you would just look at Mitch and go, <laughs> "What the fuck? Where are you coming up with this yeah. shit?" There's an episode coming up soon that is gonna you're gonna just laugh your asses off when you say, and this is from the mind of Mitch Glazer, um, and it has to do. I don't know if I can say it. I'm gonna say it. it has yeah. to do with. Uh, uh, a, a woman has a a, a, a clit leash. I, I, I kid you not. Another and TV first. Another another TV first. But to have Ben Diamond explain this whole thing and be walking around this girl with a gold leash with a clit leash on, um, it was the greatest moment that I'd read and gone, what the hell? And having Mitch having to do research about it. Because he thought he just came up with it. There actually are I'm these sure. things. I'm <laughs> you sure. know? And he plays dumb. He's like, I didn't know that. I thought I made that something up. I'm like, sure you did, buddy. And it just makes you look at him and Kelly differently because he's married to <laughs> Kelly Lynch. Sure. You know? And you're like, what do you guys do at home? <laughs> uh, it's on Stars, Magic City. You do this, what, like half the year? Yeah, year like four, we're down there shooting yeah. for about four, four and a half months, uh, eight episodes. We shoot this year. We shot six day weeks, uh, Monday through Saturday, with a day off, and like sixteen hour days. That uh, they got us doing an episode in nine days, and you're talking about a fifty eight, fifty nine minute right. show. Um, usually, you do nine day shoots for a TV show that shoots forty one minutes because there's commercials, and so Stars has us, you know, working ourselves to the bone trying to pull this in and and keep that quality because I mean this looks like a film. It is. It's it's it a is movie. a film. Yeah, it's a movie making thing. Um, there's nothing television about it. So trying to keep that quality up in the schedule that they're giving us has has been a pain in the ass and, and a lot of work. But you know we're we're making it work. And then you're doing movies. Yeah. Um, when the show's not. That's shooting. right. Yeah, I just uh, I just finished two back-to-back -back movies. I went to South Africa and uh, I did a western, which was sort of a dream come true. Cool. Uh, and then I just wrapped on Friday in Atlanta a movie with uh, myself and Anthony Hopkins, which was just awesome. That's terrific. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's good life. And you got Jimmy Con on. And I got Jimmy Con. Yeah. Talk about a coiled spring, man. Yeah. No, no kidding. You right? met him? No, I've never met him. But it's exactly what you expect him to be. Yeah. I mean, a little bit intimidating, a little bit like you don't know what's going to happen. Um, when you do a scene with him, you walk out of that scene feeling like you just were boxing. I mean, 
That guy is a tricky, smart son of a bitch who's been around for a long time, and he will try every trick in the book to test you as an actor. You know, he'll, 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 he'll it's hilarious. I mean, uh -huh. every, like, kind of, you know, actors have tricks to, to upstage you. <laughs> and he knows every one of them, man. So you come out of a scene just like a boxer in the seventh round, just like, I can't believe I fucking survived that. Um, that being said, if you do survive it, um, he loves you. Yeah, he really respects you, and uh, but he'll test you at the beginning. It's an well, experience. I was trying to think of this before. I think I was talking about with Mitch. How many guys are there in that kind of weight class where you've got like a him, a De Niro, a Nicholson? There's mm -hmm. a very yeah. small amount of guys yeah. that if they walk into a room, everybody just went what? That's you right. Know, that's bigger than life. That's right. And that's right. And he's still got that, you know, he's absolutely got that, that charisma in spades. And, and you're right. There's not a lot of those guys left, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and he's definitely one of them. But he is, I don't know how old he is, but he's, he's like a coiled spring. You just don't know what's going to happen. Right. Like, he, you know, he's not against, like, getting a little physical with you in a scene and you're like hey man that wasn't in the script and all of a sudden he's like he, 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 i remember that we did a scene and he just he just put his finger on my forehead and like pushed me across the room and it's like look i gotta go with this you know right. you see mitch in the corner like oh jesus what's gonna happen now this is gonna turn it into something but you know you just you just fight back with him uh I mean, you're acting, but it, it's it's a it's a way it's a way he tests you. Um, it's a very old school way to go about acting, and and uh, man, you better know your shit. But that's kind of interesting because that's the position that Ike is in. That's and, right. You know what I mean? Like he can't get pushed around yeah. by these guys, but at the same time, he can't fight back so far that he's going right. to get killed. That's right. Yes, he's walking that fine line. Yeah. Um, uh, and by the end of this year, we'll see what happens. But, um, man, he's going to push it hard. He's going to push it hard with both Jimmy Conn and, and, and old Danny Houston. So, oh, no, I just, I can't lose Ben Diamond, though. No, and who I'm wants to lose Ben yeah, Diamond? I'm, I'm a nervous wreck. That, that <laughs> yeah, Ben's going to be out. Yeah, he's going so fucking crazy. It's yeah. almost like Ike's going to, one of us is going to have to fucking <laughs> I know, die. I know. I know. And, and uh, yeah, believe me, we and Danny and I are keenly aware of it too. And Danny, every time we work together, is like, I don't understand why we just can't be friends. Why can't Ike <laughs> and Ben just sort of put all this petty shit away and be yeah. friends and like you know run the hotel together? I'm like, talk to Mitch, man. It seems like a much better deal. But you know, we like that tension. Uh, it stars every week, and uh, it's a hell of a show. Thank dude. you. And it, it it's. You know, the first episode jumped out there, and I'm like, this is going to be tough to maintain, but the show just keeps getting it's better. Yeah, it keeps getting yeah. better. Uh, Nine o'clock, Fridays on Stars, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Thanks so much for coming Thank in. Thank you man. for having me, Ron. Thank you. And I'll see you next time coming awesome. through. Thank you, brother.
We really gotta get Jimmy Conn in. We've had so many other people from the show. One after another. We can awesome. do a best of uh, on Magic City. We've had uh, the creator and three of the stars. Yeah. Jeffrey Dean, Dan Houston, Miss Kelly Lynch. It's nice. You call her Miss Kelly Lynch Miss like Kelly. you grew up down south. That's nice. Yeah. That's Start good of you. I never think of you in respect at the same time. Really? That, that, that That's weird. It's a weird thing to say. He's a handsome fellow, isn't he? Oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's great. If I was, uh, like, had that Jeffrey Dean Morgan thing, yeah. I wouldn't be wasting my time on a three-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> well, I'm sure he has, you know, helped to, you know, take care of the kids. That's not what I'm know. talking about, no. dude. You want to keep yourself out there in the market. No, no I understand. It's like a waste. <laughs> you know what I mean? I always felt he looked like Robert Downey Jr. Uh, well, he doesn't get that. He gets the other actor, the uh, Javier oh, Bardem. Bardem. So Javier Bardem. But when you see him in person, it doesn't have the same thing. But he gets that a lot. I guess I could see the Robert Downey Jr. though. Like during the the Watchmen trailer, because he was in the Watchmen, he was the co uh, the comedian. Uh, I thought that was Robert Downey Jr. the first time I saw. I was like Robert Downey Jr. in this fucking movie. This is great. That's even better. He was great in it. I felt like I was there when you right? first, you know, when you started to perform your confusion. What? That was fantastic. I'm watching this movie trailer. I don't know who's in it. I don't know. Fez didn't get that thing I sent him about the uh, the guy who asked us for help with uh, the food truck thing. Well, um, I thought that I saw, sent that to Fez. Text him. Well, I wish that I was. Uh, there it is. Oh, nice. I would like to play a bad guy in one of these movies. That'd be badass. Ike, you think you're doing something, but you're not doing it. This is my hotel. Mine! I'll tell you what, if I go down there on that set, fucking Jimmy Khan better not. Start trying to fucking show me up. He's gonna try it. He's gonna test you. Jimmy Conn's one of the greatest of all time. There was a thing where, you know, when I'm saying don't waste it, I think he was living at the Playboy Club. This is what I heard. This is allegedly. Yeah. And it was supposedly like 17 in a row. <laughs> the, the monthly, you know, uh -huh. 17 in a row. God damn. That's bigger than life. That's back when they used to roller boogie on the <laughs> tennis courts. When you see that stuff from the 70s where they just took down the tennis net and all the girls would just roller skate. Um, we got to look into this Under the Dome, though. Yeah, the, the story is just one day. Under the Dome downtown. A dome shows up over a town and no one knows where it's from. And That's all the stuck Simpsons. In <laughs> well, it's like an invisible dome. All right, maybe uh, we could uh, put this up on the iBank. Somebody's looking for a little help to, uh, well, I'll read it all out here for you. It says this. Uh, I'm a postman in Texas, and for the last couple of years, I can't stop thinking about opening a food trailer. My wife and I are just like 70% of the people out there who had tapped out of our jobs. 
uh, the heat index is 105 for fuck's sakes. And nothing in this world would be more satisfying than cooking and running our own business. We have the business plan lined up, but I'm stuck coming out up with a catchy name. This is where I hope you and your creative audience could help me out. Um, all right, let's put this up on the iBang. We'll get a contest going today of naming this guy's food truck. Now, they're going for comfort food, like casseroles, Italian steaks, and anything deemed a hearty meal. Also, sandwiches and tacos for those not digging the specials. Now, I'd say this off the top of my head. That's too many. You want to specialize with a food truck. Um, it can't be a diner. Name that food truck and win a prize. Uh, it's what we're going to put it up on the iBang as. If you want to get on on this, go to the iBang or give us a call. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Now, I was thinking of Mr. D's grub truck. Because I just saw that outside when I came in today. So I think that's a good name. But they are, Mr. D's already got that. Okay. Mr. P's. How about truck and suck? Um, I don't think that's the type of thing that get people go. Fez, you're always, in, and I want each of the interns to come up with a name as well. You're always good about this. It's Italian. It's steaks. It's comfort food. Mm -hmm. It's a truck. Name that food truck. The lunch couch. It's food and comfortable. The lunch couch, but do, do they have to take a couch? It's a truck, not a couch. No, but I mean, you could paint the outside of the truck to look like a couch. I'm thinking of something comfortable that you plop in and you have lunch. Nice, big, thick meal. I just don't think that you could put couch in it and then not have a couch. All right, it's a truck, right? Wait, hold on. I just thought of something. The lunch sleeper bed. <laughs> it's like one of those pull-out couches. <laughs> yeah, guys, you're on to something. <laughs> Who's the most famous truck ever? Optimus Prime. Call this thing Optimus Prime Rib. <laughs> no, that, Optimus Prime Rib. That That's just, it. It stops at rib. Yeah. All right. It's kind of adding somewhere. <laughs> and if this was Prime Rib for children, this would be a perfect name. People would love it. Um, there is a... You know, we do have 500 people have been uh, put to death in Texas. Is the electric chair out of, and you could just always be out, uh, parking out. Can only be fried food then. Um, here's um, Chris. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I was calling for the name of the, the food truck, um, yeah. Home on the Run. Home on the Run instead yeah. of Home on the Home Range. Again. Yeah. It's not awful. Here's Steve, Best Chester. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey. I've had everything under the sun. This guy can't pick a menu. There is too much on his. Um, <laughs> it, it, there is too much. But see, here's the thing. I see a lot. You guys go for a lot of word play, right? Yeah. But if you just call it something like <laughs> mom used to make. Oh. Boom. That'll get people up in that comfort food mindset. I worry that they have too many foods here. I like a truck that just says, uh, 
always sell is waffles. Yeah, that's that, that's how the the big ones do it yeah. out here in the big city. Here's another thing: what if you just call it the weed wagon? Because a lot of people like to smoke weed. You know who I think I could get to give us two thumbs up on this and put his picture on the truck? Who? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'm going to try to grab him for you. I'd like to even be on a three-way call with him and Mitch at night. They could patch in. I feel Not like I could hang out with those guys. <laughs> yeah. um, here's Roland. You're on Run of Fez. Hey, Ronnie. How's it going? Good. Hey, uh, a good name for uh, a lunch truck would be uh, get back to the Roseanne show and call him at the uh, lunch bell. Uh, that was something from the Roseanne show? I guess yeah. that's the place they worked. On Roseanne, it was the lunch box. Yeah. Oh, so they call this the pail instead. Fez knows a lot about TV shows. How about just call it the Roseanne show? That was fucking big for years. Um, all right. Let's go over to the iBang, some of these, and pick out a nice prize for us. Pick us out something that we can be proud of. It doesn't have to tie in with lunch, and it doesn't have to tie in with truck. Just a good prize. I have naked lunch, sign. <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. That would be believe Hold on, naked lunch is great. <laughs> naked lunch couch. Um, here's a couple. What you want? Says a silly putty dick. Um, Southern hospitality. Nana's num nums. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. More than a half slice. Uh, Joel says, with that menu, I'd call it the Lost Cause. Casserole. I'll hold on. Bill has this one. Roadhouse Road Truck. The Lunch Box. Didn't you say that was uh, Roseanne's? Yep. Fanboy one just stealing. Uh, the Last Meal. Here's another cool one. Speedy Gourmet. Mama's Wonder Wagon. Elizabeth's coming up with some nice ones. Uh, yo, Mama's. Um, Chuck Wagon. <laughs> Don't care for that. Why? That's, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> I know a pain in the ass named Chuck Wagon once. Once. Um, hey, Red, what do you got? I got two for you. Uh, first, the Elastic Waistband. And then in tribute to the greatest movie ever, Roadhouse, you call it the Double Deuce, featuring the left boot. Um, Hicks, what do you got to give out? I got Predator 2, signed by Danny Glover. Wow. Predator 2, by the Danny star. Glover. Danny Glover. He's getting a little too old for this shit. Sad at all these things, Riggs. Why did we even get two? Well, because he, he was the... He was the I know, but I'm trying to say, this doesn't seem odd. <laughs> uh, Abe in New Hampshire. Hey, I got you for the uh, lunch truck. Yeah. The bang bus. I can't wait to get my Predator 2 film. Send See, it you're now. You're going to get that for coming up with a porn fucking site, the bang bus? Fuck off. Greg, you're on the running fest show. We'll call it Brazzers. That's a little rough for me. <laughs> yeah. Greg. Hey, what's more comfortable than a nice pair of shoes? Call it meat loafers. Here's Brian in Texas. Oh, shit, he had a good one, too. Uh, Casey, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Yeah. I have an idea for a food truck. Uh, call it Reservoir Hogs. 
and have it all like uh, pork, you know, pig stuff and you know. Dude, awesome I fucking like movie. this a lot. And they're dressed up. Oh yeah. shit! The dogs. You got. We gotta do this. And then you're like, just playing the soundtrack. Yeah, you're and you can play have a little like, green bag as people walking up. Um, let's go over to uh, Sybil in, on the Ron Fez show. Hey boys, food truck name Casserole. The Casserole. All right. Yes. Nice one. Um, here's uh, Aaron. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Well, she took mine, buddies. Sue Casserole. Oh, that's so much better. I like that one even better. Um, here's um, Wes. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, uh. What I thought was Roaming Bistro or Unleaded Bistro. I tell you this, I do like the name Bistro. Whenever it's used, I'm happy. Rolling Bistro. Mm-hmm. You're Unleaded Bistro. Gotcha. I like it, Wes. Diesel Bistro. Uh, Matt, you're on the run of Fez show. It's the perfect name. Your mom fought. Um, it is good. Uh, let's see some of these. Chug and Tug. Standalone Truck. Maggot wagon. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, Earls. <laughs> Diners, drive-ins, and drive. Just gravy. The grub and go. Titty twister. <laughs> Definitely. Speedy spaghetti. Uh, these are up on the eye bags, and somebody's going to win one hell of a prize here. Hell yeah, Predator 2, signed by Danny Glover. What? What's so funny? What, what, why the laughing? The Predator 2 aspect. I love it. Predator 2. It's great. When the Colombian drug lords are getting all shut out, they're just rubbing coke all over themselves. The Predator's ripping them Do you realize yeah. how many classic great movies Danny Glover's been in? Yeah. And we get them inside Predator 2. Everyone loves Predator 2. I've never seen Predator 2. What? Because I walked out during Predator 1. Oh, Predator 1's great. And I yelled out, they'll <laughs> never be in 2. You watch. Uh, John, South Carolina, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, how about the post coach? Make it a big, giant post truck. Uh, Tom, Wyoming. Rosanya, Z-Boy. Here's Doug. You're on Ryan Fez. Yeah, it might be a little off topic, but uh, the Skinny Moose was a, uh, a truck in Montana that served uh, deep-fried everything, including Twinkies, Oreos, uh, cheesecake, uh, just most awesome. And it yeah, was a, uh, the coronary. Um... Here's uh, Jim in Richmond. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, man, I got the uh, Comfy Munch. Comfy Munch? On. Yeah. Uh. yeah. <laughs> Brian, what do you got, pal? Hey, what's going on? Yeah. I'm going to go with off of uh, Chris Stanley and say Optimus Dine. That's so much better than Chris Stanley's. Makes more you sense. put some real thought into it. Come on, Optimus Prime Rib. It's great. They just served Prime Rib out of a truck. I do feel like eating a Prime Rib for lunch. Right? It's, it's great. You don't think that's a little big for lunch? A whole big Prime Rib? I've, yeah, you have some Prime Rib to just pass out right there for a while. I do think we've got to do a better job with these folks before we pull the trigger. Uh, of saying what exactly are we going to have. You can't have steaks... Italian food and tacos. You're starting to panic, and you, you're, you're making people think uh, they don't know what they want to do. I mean, you got a little truck. You can't have all these ingredients. Yeah, they're gonna have to have a, a, a goddamn Winnebago serving this food. 
I mean, they need storage. Where they're gonna get a fucking art a musician's tour bus to, to serve uh, cheeseburgers? Did you get any rest over the weekend? Yeah, I got, you just sound nuts. I got some. I got some rest. A lot of rest yesterday. Uh, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, hey, Ron. He said he wanted to serve Italian food, so why not call it Spaghetti Western? Holy shit. Dave, that's a fucking strong one, Spaghetti Western. And oh, thanks, people buddy. love to get road spaghetti. Just come up, have a bowl of spaghetti. Mm, this is awesome. Um, here's uh, Matt. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, you know, when it's 105 degrees in the shade, there's nothing more I want than a nice steaming bowl of chicken casserole. Are you serious? I think he needs to rethink his menu. I think you need to fuck him on your own business. This guy's just a hater. He's just a food truck hater. Um, but if this menu doesn't get fixed, this guy's this <laughs> Condense. fucking toast. Condense. You just got to pick one. Just like the cheesesteak guy that comes around. There it is. You look at it. It's a cheesesteak. You walk up. Do you want it with or without? It's up to you. There's not a lot of other shit besides that. You're getting a cheesesteak. You're not back there going like this. Um, could you tell me more about the rig? No, it's cheesesteak. Cheese fucking steak. Plus, I think you should be able to eat it with your hands if it's coming out of a truck. Makes everything. It makes it easier for everybody involved. You're just cranking out cheesesteaks, and they're just ordering them. I've been starving now. Yeah. I mean, I have shit to eat. Let's go. Let's here. go to Big D's. <laughs> Big D's uh, grub truck? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I call it Big D's grub worms when I'm down there. Just a um. little... little uh, here's uh, Ryan. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah. The name of the truck should be, I lost my life this savings, my life savings in this wagon and grill. You know, everybody told Steve Jobs not to start Apple. They said, believe me, no one needs a computer for their home. That's a work thing. Now look at him. He's dead. And you're on the Run of Fez show. What's the... Bonnie B, I got the winner. The Stent Mobile. Okay. Fez has stents. I understand. Uh, Rick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Rick, let's we'll try it again. The bro, the bro history. Um, Todd, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Fan on the run. Fan on the run. Or shit, fuck, bark. No, stay with Man on the Run. You were really on to something there. All right, who is the probably biggest of all the celebrity chefs? Number one. Number one, uh, Gordon Ramsay. How about you just call it Gordon Ramsay's <laughs> delicious food truck? Michelin star truck. And then put as as seen on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever catch on. The first truck with two Michelin stars. <laughs> you just out there. <laughs> like Gordon Ramsay says, I, I love this food so much, I could kill myself. <laughs> Actually, I should. I'm just going to just run me over with this fucking food truck. Please. And it'll just be a fucking, <laughs> on the side of the truck, it's just Paul D Dean sm fucking just smoking Gordon Ramsay's cock. And Gordon <laughs> has his hands on her head, and he's, he's just looking up, kind of winking. Yeah. As you come up. And as he's coming, that's where the window goes. It's like him okay. spurting, right. and then the window. So everybody walking up the door or something is getting jizzed on. Well, it'll be like little bubbles and stuff <laughs> coming out of there. It'll be really nice. 
Gordon Ramsay's jizz truck. I, I smell hit. Uh, Where's that come? Chuck, you're on the Running Fed show. Yeah, Ronnie, I got a good one. How about Meals on Wheels? Well, that's, you know, that's something you get to impoverish. People are going to want free food then. I'm old. Um, cigars and scotch. Hey, bud. Yeah. Uh, you, you could paint it like the Scooby-Doo van and call it the Mystery Meat Machine. That's actually not bad, except for the Mystery Meat. Sounds disgusting. Yeah, no, no one wants Mystery Meat. like the Scooby-Doo van, they're not going to, they're not going to sew. Which potheads? And just be like, I could have fucking finished my sandwich if it wasn't for those damn kids. <laughs> How about Starsky at lunch? Starsky at lunch is, you know, you would be perfect if we were going back in time and opened us in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, cigars. <laughs> God bless his heart. Well, we got to be able to name this. Um, here's uh, George, you're on the run Fed show. Hey, right. How about Bangton's Bistro? I just always hated the name Bistro. I thought you Whenever liked... it's used, it just uh, just disgusts me. I thought you liked the Bistro. It's French. Cafe Coma. Cure for cancer foods. Oh, I'd shop there. Open it up in front of a hospital. Chuck and Buck's fucking truck. Smells like tuna melt. Mmm. Roach coach. Grubbage truck. I like a lot of these. Road food. Food, food, truck, truck. Uh, here's one just simply <laughs> called Eat Your Feelings. <laughs> it's the best thing to do. Feeling down? Brayden, you're on the run of Fez show. How you doing, sir? Yeah. I got one. It's a SWAT truck. The name will be SWAT. SWAT for Super Wieners and Tacos. It's so fantastic. I can't even stand it. It's, it's that good. <laughs> the guys are dressed like they're in the SWAT, SWAT team. They have fucking shotguns. Well, for comfort food, what do we think of? The elderly, right? Yeah. What about just calling this Fez's place? Oh, that'd be an amazing tribute. And then put where? And then, like, I thought you were here. And then just somebody just leaned over. Bum, 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 bum. Did you get the feeling like uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was trying to give me the back off Mitch thing? Like, no. like those two were in love, and I came in between them somehow? No. I'm sure you're welcomed. They got a bromance going on. Um. Buddy, how about Fast and Furious Flavors? Hey, uh, here's uh, Paul. You're on the Run of Fez show. Paul. Hey, sorry guys. Uh, how about Shit Out of Truck? People are think it's a porta potty. Uh, Michael, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddy. How about uh, something everybody needs a little more of? The cowbell. What year is this? 2000? No, and they're just playing that skit on loop out of the speakers on the truck, like constantly. 
How about Michael Jackson's Thriller truck? Because that's the biggest selling album of all time. I'd go. Wait never a minute, mind. I got it. Michael Jackson's Thriller Jaws. Because everybody <laughs> likes the movie Jaws. <laughs> Y'all people like that stuff. You like this food? Avatar. <laughs> Simply call it Avatar food. Titanic buffet. It's gonna make people think it's all fish, and it's not. <laughs> Frozen fish. <laughs> Would you want a food truck? Was that the kind of business you like to be in? Yeah, I, I, I can see myself working a food truck. Mine would be midnight food because I get up late. Oh, you got to hope you keep it open late to hit up all the drunks because they're the ones that are going to be like. There's there's taco trucks all around my neighborhood and they're just packed out from like midnight till five in the morning. There's just a constant line of drunk people just churning over their cash. Where the fuck you live? Spring break? <laughs> Story, New York. Um, here's, um, Tom, you're on the Run of Fest show. Eddie Truck. Oh, name it after Eddie Trunk. Yeah. Good word. Good plans. How about Electric Eddie Trunk's Metalmobile? That'd be awesome. Some of these people aren't even trying. <laughs> Catching a smoke, monkey house. First class fail. Steers and queers. Bingo. <laughs> That's it. That's not it. No, I think we found it. I'd rather go with Optimus Prime Rib. All right, send me in the three interns, and I'm going to judge between them. Then that, either way, he wins. <laughs> That's my fucking idea, dude. Uh, Isaac, you're on the Run Fest show. Yeah, I got an idea. Uh, depending, well, actually, it doesn't really depend because I've been to a bunch of catering trucks in Texas. Um, just put spaghetti. We got clean hands, and at the end, parentheses tacos. I couldn't even pay attention to you anymore. All right, so we're going to see which intern wins this uh, wonderful prize. I'm going to go first with classic Shelb. Shelb, what do you got? I got two. First one. The casserole jackhole, and there could be like some glory holes set up. You I'm know, just gonna just, pretend you didn't say anything. All right. Uh, what's your? What do you have? And then the next one, <laughs> stake me home tonight. Like he can make like a steak truck instead of the whole casserole. All right, deal. I like that a lot. Stake me home tonight. It's good. And we see if we can't get Eddie money to He's fucking available. help us out. Stake me <laughs> home tonight. All right, let's go with Bob next. Bob, what do you got for us, buddy? Uh, you gotta like. Give me a second. Yours is going to be spoiled. You've had... I was, on, I was doing the phones. Here, I have one for you. I yeah. have an extra. You go for it. Oh, that's going to be good. Oh, no. Molly's too helpful. Oh, that's actually a good one. So, the the meal high club. Wow. All right. <laughs> Molly, you're going to beat Steak Me Home tonight. I had two also. Uh, one was Butterface, and then the other <laughs> one... Oh, just leave it. Now, Butterface, you're looking for that because it's a drunk truck. And all the butter faces are out there? No, no, I was thinking because there's going to be a lot of butter. Like, it's a lot of... Home you know what a butter face is, right? Yeah, it's a woman with a uh, nice body and a unattractive face. The butter face is actually kind of cute. What's your other one? Um, catcher in the fry. All right, that's, that's unbeatable. That's just, that's just the best thing. Unless you... What about catcher in the rye bread? Ooh. That's pretty good, too. Or ketchup in the rye. Ketchup on frying bread. All right. All right, which one you picked to win this? 
catch from the fry. Okay. Molly. Thanks, guys. All right. That gives Molly another 15 points, and she is securing herself as intern of the summer. <laughs> Tied with zero right now. <laughs> the classic show. All right, kids, go back to your settings. I love our little interns. They're adorable. How about how, like, Molly just comes in for no reason today because she doesn't want to miss a day. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Because tomorrow we're off. And she's like, so I had to come in today. I like I like that, that thought process. That almost made me cry. It's it just reminds me, you take off three days, <laughs> Pip takes off a week, Fez fakes his heart attacks. They were taking three days off in a row ever for sickness. Um, we got a break here. Fez, are you ever going to get around and doing your thing? Yes, I will. A little bit later in the show, I will be having a message for all gay people for us heading out to Pride next weekend. All right. Um, we will break here. Right back. Let's run a fast show. Just like what it It's the Ron and Fez Show. Artists of the Day. Blind Melm. Uh, Hicks' favorite band from the 90s. One of. And one of the reasons why he has that melon tattoo with uh, sunglasses and a cane. He's trying to get that to be the Blind Melon logo. All right, time to pick out a big, big winner. And the excitement level is through the roof for the guy in Texas. He, and it's Enrique and his wife, have a dream of opening up a food truck. And the winner is Chef Boy RV uh, by our own Queen Elizabeth. I just hope that doesn't lead to a lawsuit, but it's a pretty cute name if you want to start doing Italian. Now, it would be a turn-off name in terms of what I look for <laughs> in some roadside food, but very, very funny name. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, it is uh, a Monday. Now, we're off tomorrow, uh, but it doesn't mean that we don't love you. Have you already picked out the best of stuff, Fix? 
I got some stuff I have to complete. It will be completed tonight. So you can't even promo it now, like something that we'd all like to hear. Like, oh, man, I'm going to make sure you still listen anyway tomorrow. It's, it's coming. Next break. I'm going to tease it. You and Fez are always bringing up. Now, you're going to be later in the show with your thing, Fez? Yes, yeah. My message to all of us gays heading out to Pride. That'll be coming up later on. Why? Why later on? Why not sooner? Well, just uh, I want to make sure I make this message perfectly clear to the gay people. Then why would you say it on our station? Why don't you go over to Alcu? I didn't know that Pride is everywhere. I thought it was a New York thing, but it's in every city? Yeah, every major city has a Pride march. They're usually the last weekend in June. Uh, Yeah. Yep. Birmingham? Birmingham, I believe, has a Pride, yeah. Taos, New Mexico? That I'm not sure on. But, you know, and then, of course, there was the message that went out that if you're going to the big ones, you're going out in the major cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Toronto, New York, make sure that you get your gay meningitis vaccine. Um, Toronto, big gay town? Yeah. Yep. Where are the big gay towns? Big gay towns, New York, uh, San Francisco, uh, I believe London is a big gay town. Um, I think Austin... Atlanta is a big gay town. Those are probably the big ones. Where do you think the biggest is? I think the biggest you probably have to... uh, I would say New York City, even bigger than San Francisco. Mm. And then Pound for Pound is Key West. Philadelphia is getting very gay. Atlanta's really gay, right? Oh, it's always been gay. Yeah. Always been gay. So gay that Elton moved there one time. Uh, George Zimmerman's trial opened with a knock-knock joke. His lawyer... Is this the video of it, or should I just read it off? Here's his knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman who? All right, good. Then you're on the jury. Then he goes, nothing? That's funny. When you actually tell people that don't laugh you, come on, that's funny. This guy's um, on point. That's uh, Florida. Florida's fucking crazy as shit. Not even the lawyers can keep it together? I mean, they had to go to school for a while, though. Uh, Don, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, Ron, did I hear Fez right? There's a meningitis shot specifically for gays? Yeah, there's uh, there's a new well strain of meningitis that gay people have been passing back and forth to each other. So it's really limited to the gay community right now. A couple of people have died from it. So they're saying to please make sure you get your shot before you go out to Pride, where it's going to be so crowded and people are going to be on top of each other. Literally having sex. Sex in the street. Fez, I don't know if I can hold off. Much longer for your uh, message. Looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, I think I think it's something all gay people need to hear, and it's coming from a gay person. Mm. All right, here we go. Fez Watley here, radio host and proud gay man, with a message for gays headed out to pride celebrations across the country. The message is simple. 
have some pride at Pride. This year's march, which should be a celebration of the proud gay people who stood up to police brutality 44 years ago at Stonewall, is now being overshadowed by another gay disease scare. Instead of a show of solidarity, this is now another opportunity for straight conservative America to see us as one big leper colony. Now that there's another health crisis, this time with gay meningitis, we as gays don't want to give people who are afraid of us more ammo for their fear. When we show up at the Pride March dressed in Speedos and G-strings and 99.9% naked, it makes an already frightened country more afraid. These straights and homophobes want to think that we gays are bringing down the Republic by not caring about anyone's health, including our own. So let's not dress the part of an unsafe orgy. Yes, we want marriage equality and federal protection for all people. But my fellow gays, we can't scare straight America into these things by playing to their worst fears with costume stereotypes. We are a unique people at a unique place in history. Prop 8 and the Defense of Marriage Act are being decided now in the Supreme Court with a chance to make the biggest sweeping changes in America since the Civil Rights Movement. Let's start acting like equal partners with straight people, not an invading army coming to pillage the traditions that we're fighting so hard to be a part. It's not worth risking the chance at making history by dressing up in a thong and fairy wings. When the Supreme Court rules in our favor, the time for excuses is over. Things will no longer be gay issues. They will just be issues. We will have won. And with winning comes responsibility. The responsibility to no longer play the victim and to no longer shock people as a way to get attention. When the Supreme Court decides in favor of gay people, it's time for gay people to grow up. Harvey Milk said, gay brothers and sisters, you must come out. He was talking about showing America that their family members, neighbors, teachers, and co-workers were gay. His philosophy was if the people who are so afraid of us saw us as friends and relatives instead of a strange threat, then huge leaps could be made against discrimination. Harvey Milk was right. Literally shoving our asses in people's faces doesn't accomplish that. Pride and dignity, which we're supposed to be celebrating, does. Think of it this way. When a young black man is walking down the street and his pants are down below his knees and his boxers are hanging out, he's seen as someone who isn't concerned about equal opportunity in this country. Frankly, he's frightening. And no one takes him seriously in the dialogue about being treated fairly. Homophobia is rampant in this country. The people who are afraid of gays know where they stand. They're locked in. It's us gays that can bridge the gap and show all the wonderful things our people have to offer. But they won't listen if all they see is hairy guys dressed as mermaids. This year at Pride, yes, let's be ourselves. Let's be our best selves. Well, that was uh, that was nice from a sounded like some gay guy's straight father. If I was going to be totally honest, are, are you asking people to go back into the closet? 
No, I'm not. A, no, I'm saying be yourself. But there's no reason to keep shocking and scaring people. When people go out to the Pride Parade and all they see is mostly naked guys, that's the image that takes that's being taken away from that across the country. I kept hearing the fear coming up that you talked about fear. I'm not sure uh, where this comes from. I think people are afraid of gay people. I think the homophobia is there. I've talked about in the past couple of weeks how I'm actually part of that. And I want to change things. When I get uh, You want to but it seems like you want to change things by having other people change their parade. Yeah, this is my advice to everyone that's right. going out there. But you're acting like the sex appeal thing isn't important, right? But Stonewall was those guys fighting for sexual freedom, not uh, fighting for, you know, some kind of political freedom that you're talking about. This was guys who wanted to be able to hook up and were tired of being harassed by the cops. It was guys who wanted to cruise. That's what the celebration's about. Yeah, I well, I think that's um, different. I think I'm not talking about changing anyone's sexual orientation or... Even hooking up with each other. But if you're going to hook up with each other, you have to be careful out there. There's now meningitis. It's a chance for the bad stereotype to happen all over again. What is the bad stereotype? That it's going to be gays bringing a plague on this country. Do you know, I haven't heard anyone bring up the meningitis, but you I mean, I'm sure that there's a meningitis thing, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's a national fear. Like, normally you would hear from your neighbors, your parents, somebody had some kind of fear. I'm not hearing it. You're the only one who seems like you're freaked out of this meningitis thing. Um, now, I think this is going to go up on the iBank, too, Fess. It'll be up on the Intero Bank. Uh, here's Kevin in Philly. You're on the Run Fez show. Hey, boys. Um, I'd, I'd like to ask Fez, um, when you mentioned about, I guess, the, the black character you were mentioning with the pants sagged down, why do you think it's okay to, to stereotype him while you yourself don't like stereotypes? No, I'm saying he's making himself into a stereotype. Don't play. Would he, don't he would only make that himself game. that stereotype because that's the way that you think he looks, not the way because that's the way he is. That's your own stereotype. I, your thing to me, Fez, and you more than you can correct me if you need to. It seems like you want gays to get into the norm, right? To stop being flamboyant and start looking like suburban people. That's exactly the reason that people come out is so that they don't have to do something that they don't feel it's it's there there's no way to have both things if the gays are if we're so dead set on getting marriage equality and being accepted into those traditional things in america then you then you can't show up at these things wearing tiny tiny bathing suits. It's not going to get accepted. Why not? People wear tiny bathing suits to parades all the time. Go to the Puerto Rican Day Parade. There's people wearing tiny bathing suits. Um, 
Everybody doesn't have to be the same person. Not everybody out there wants to get married. Um, I don't... Um, I don't see where this fear thing is playing for you. It's the exact opposite of what the pride thing seems to be about to me. Uh, Here's my thing. I brought this up before on the air with you. But for me, being a kid in the 70s, Bowie, Lou Reed, Elton, Rod Stewart, Iggy Pop, uh, you could just go on and on with the glam bands. Those were people that were either gay, bi, or were trying to to use the gay culture. Giggers, I guess you could call some of them. So <laughs> you would look at something like that, and as a kid, that made me more accepting of gay culture because I'm like, look, this is flamboyant. It rocks. This is great. The flamboyant thing is one of the biggest things that gay people have given to the arts, of really kind of stretching the arts out and kind of mixing uh, a feminine attitude with a masculine attitude. And you were saying, chill back, bring it back. Look like a suburban person. I, I, if you're talking about stage appearances, that's one thing. But this is where you have the world watching one of the biggest pride parades in the, in the country. The world doesn't watch. The people who want to be there and be part of the celebration, watch. I, I don't, this is New York City. I don't think people are afraid of gays. We think of gays as a very big part of what makes New York, New York. No, this guy, no, New York uh, has gay marriage equality. But if you're looking at states that don't want to pass this, that have voted it down, that don't even want gays to adopt, like Florida... They're going to point out things that happen in these big city parades. I've never seen it happen before. I've never seen people outraged or afraid the way that you're talking. Here's uh, Dave. You're on the Run of Fez show. Fezzy. Yes. Yeah. Hey, usually when I call in, I fucking disagree with you 100%. I just want to say fuck what the people who are going to call in and pile on say. Fuck what Ron is saying right now because I think you were spot on on your speech. It was very well uh, thought out, very well done. Yeah. By the way, and, and I'll tell and you also, why, Dave. Also, it's the speech also, that any redneck would make. Ron, it's the speech the that any goddamn nutdragger was saying. Look, if you're going to do this, don't put it in people's faces. You know what you do, and that is an old-fashioned fucking redneck speech that you just gave. I don't think things like a kiss-in is going to change anyone's minds. That, why, that marriage equality should happen in this country. Why do you think 100% of the gays out there, their only concern is marriage equality? Do you think that they all, every gay person thinks exactly like you? No. Isn't the whole thing about freedom, the freedom to, uh, to express all different kinds of things? What was it that you were saying that your gay friend said the other day? Oh, my friend Will was talking about when uh, they tried to... Boston didn't want the Chick-fil-A uh, uh, because they supported anti-gay marriage charities. So he said that, fuck the faggots... I don't, no one's going to tell me I can't have a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And he's gay. Is he? 
I sure like those samples. This seems like a very conservative crowd you started running with. Yeah, I guess they are. They're like uh, the anti-gays. <laughs> um, here is uh, Rob. Rob, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez, uh, you're sort of stereotyping your own people there with the pants halfway down. There's technicality that uh, means in prison terms that they're available. That's why they do that for any young people who listen out there. That's great. Um, Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I, I think, Ronnie, I think Fez has a point here. If you look at Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement, I mean, he all he did was preach civil disobedience, being professional about how you handle yourself to gain equal rights. So, I mean, when you see a guy in a tutu dancing in the street, you don't look at that as professional. You look at that as just some I, I just want to point something time. out. The Gay Pride Parade is not a political march on Washington asking for civil rights. The Gay Pride Parade is a parade where uh, gay people are expressing their own opinions. To act like that there should be a unified opinion is crazy. But again, I knew that this would play very well with a lot of people uh, listening to the show, Fez, because they say that, those type of things all the time, you have now joined in with that kind of middle American don't... You know, don't express yourself. Let me read some of this stuff coming into uh, the iBank today. Uh, does Fez want everybody in the parade to dress like him? Fez wants everybody to conform to his mother's standards. Fez wants gays to act proper. Here's one. Fez desperately wants to remove the sexual component from being gay. Gay meningitis is just the newest way. Uh, one says we should all have the freedom to have fun during the parade, for goodness sakes. Um, here is Bonnie in Fort Lauderdale. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron. Hey, hey. Fez. Um, Fez, I, I understand totally what you're trying to say. Um, you know, it's, they want equal, you know, equality, and you're saying don't put a message out there that you're just all about crazy sex and you know there are normal people out there and normal gay couples that uh, earn livings and are right, very uh, respectable. Let's just go back to this this normal gay couple. What, what, what's your I mean what's your definition I'll just say this there was a saying that used to be around years ago I don't think people do it anymore but I remember hearing it when I was a kid uh, where if you would do something, people would say, that's mighty white of you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, what, I'm old enough to remember that. What, what, this, what you're saying is there's a lot of gays who act straight, so they're okay. So it becomes the white heterosexual is normal and everyone else is not normal. That's the craziness of this. This no, whole thing of wanting to join in and act like somebody is, is insane to me. No, I'm not saying that they, they act straight. I'm just saying that they don't. Gay is a lifestyle. You know, gay is when you go out and you party and you pick up men. There's a difference between gay and homosexual. 
You understand what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah. Just like there's a big difference between blacks and... Mm. I know, I don't call that... Some white people <laughs> are also the N-word. Yeah, I'm very familiar with this argument, Bonnie. I've I've heard it, just never before in the in the gay sense. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, is this up on the iBank? Yeah. We're going to have the sound clip, and if anybody wants to write other stuff, it'll be up on the Interbank today. Uh, Brian in Detroit, you're on the Run of Fez show. Fez, how are you qualified to give anyone advice or give any anybody gay any any information? You can't even take care of yourself on this issue. Who are you to tell anybody what they can and can't do? You don't act on anything. I'm going to get my meningitis shot tomorrow. I'm totally acting on what I was talking about. You never do anything, Fez. You're so pro-gay on everything, and then you judge everybody. What have you done since you've come out? Nothing. It doesn't that because I haven't had sex doesn't mean I can't have an opinion on the have gay pride parade. I'm there every I'm there every freaking year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about sex. Have you had a date? Have you held hands? Have you had any kind of relationship with anyone? No, you haven't. You haven't acted on your. Game. What does that have to do with it? But you're telling people how they can and can't act when you don't do anything, Fez. You sit there and you, you keep saying I don't do anything over and over again. Like that's going to make your point. But what are you doing, Fez? You're not active. You, I'm you telling you, people how it appears when right when this week we're waiting for the Supreme Court to hand down a huge decision. It's going to pass, Fez. And the thing is, that's what most people don't care about it. No one really cares about it. It's about equal rights. So stop, stop on your high horse and tell everybody, oh, this is what you should do. Let them be themselves, Fez. You're, you're a robot. You're what your mom wants you to be. I, I'm a gay man with an opinion on this. You're not a gay man, Fez. See, if you are, you see, would here's do something. The thing. See, now all of a sudden, oh, let everyone do what they want. Oh, let them be themselves. I put out an opinion, and oh, you don't do anything. You're just your mother's son. You're not letting me do that. So you're the fucking hypocrite here. How am I the fucking hypocrite? Because you're telling me not to do what you're telling me to let other people do. Fez, you don't the, do anything. I put out an opinion as a gay person. I've been hanging out with gay friends. That's what I've been fucking doing. I've been making gay friends. If you're asking I me if I've done anything. See, you're a fucking liar, Fez. See, you can't even have the discussion with me, dude. I can't do. You're so Fez, you're a liar. You're so, what does that have to do with what I just said? You have lost this argument, so now you're just no, reaching it, back in the archives of the Ron and Fez show to try to find no, something I'm else to come day. at me with. And I believe... Why can't I have my opinion the same as the people that are out there in the Speedos in the bathing suit? Why can't I say, you know what, I think this is the way gay people will help. I think this is what will happen. This this will help the gay cause. Why can't I put that message out there? What do you th- what do you see the gay cause as? I think the gay cause is getting to the point where, like I said in my presentation, that things just become issues. That when we get the Supreme Court decision and gay marriage equality starts rolling out uh, across the country. You know, where they can no longer put it up to a vote for people in red states that are just never going to pass this. When that becomes illegal, then everyone will be, uh, we will have equality. 
and then go from there. Uh, so then you can feel free to express yourself in a parade. Years from now. No. You'll never be able to to express yourself. These, You know, the, the people that you're talking about expressing themselves are plenty of them are young people who could not do this kind of stuff in their own hometown. They moved to New York. There's a sense of freedom. And now, do you want to be adding to the suppression that they heard when they were younger that this is bad? It almost comes across as uh, bullying. I think it's just the opposite. I think it's just trying to put a message out there of a way to help ourselves. But your thing still seems to go back to attempting to please straight America. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at us. We're just like you. We're not party boys. Spring break, does anyone sit around and panic? Is anyone afraid of spring break, which is really a lot of young people partying and dressing um, in bikinis? There's plenty of example, Mardi Gras, of straight people behaving this exact way. There's plenty of straight people. And you're not sitting around yelling at people at spring break, hey, you're making the heterosexuals look bad. Um, here's uh, Steve. Steve, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Hey, why don't we just take out Santa Claus and all the turkeys and just have a fucking Thanksgiving parade of people walking down the street? You know? That has nothing to do with what I was talking about. I'm not well, saying don't have floats. About is, is everybody should conform to Fez Wiley's, you know? Why, why don't you, last year you were dressed up in shorts and holding a little flag, weren't you? Yeah, and I don't think it helped anything. Well, yeah, sure it helped. It showed everybody that they didn't want to have sex with you, and that's why you're still well, See, this is all anyone right. has. They can't even discuss it. See, this is, people are afraid of me as a gay person putting out this opinion, so now they have to, all they can do is attack. I will tell you this, when I saw you in the parade last year, I was happy and I was laughing. I thought that you had a great time. What are you wearing this year? Uh, hazmat suit to protect yourself from gay meningitis? I haven't really picked anything out yet. You're really terrified over this meningitis thing. I am terrified about the meningitis thing. You're terrified about germs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the type of people that you have agreeing with you. Fanboy 1. Fanboy 1 is right on. And that's what I'm saying. I think that some of those calls... Like, as you're reading it, I'm saying... There are going to be so many people happy with Fez today because it's the type of stuff that they say uh, on Fox News. Yeah, okay, but why do you have to do this in front of the children? Okay, yeah, but do you really need to do this where my wife can see you? I just don't want to see it. You know, they can um, do whatever they want. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Tim. You're on the Ron Fez Show. How you doing, buddy? Uh, for once, I'm agreeing with Fez here. Um, I, I don't think, I think it kind of transcends the act in itself, especially when you're looking at such a serious movement that you're trying to um, to push forward. You kind of have to act like you have consent. I mean, act like you've been there before. If you want people to take you seriously, 
you do have to act a certain way. All right, let me just give a uh, a history lesson to Fez and everybody about Stonewall. This was a gay bar that the cops would shake down, uh, sometimes just taking money, sometimes arresting people. To be gay at that time in public was not an easy thing to do. It was a dangerous thing to do. And one night, these people, probably somewhat boozed up, said, we're not putting up with your shit anymore, and started to throw stuffs back. And I'm talking about dudes that were cruising. I'm talking about probably some male prostitutes, some cross-dressers, some bush lesbians, people that are considered outsiders, not the norm, said, even though we don't look like you or act like you or want the same things as you do, you can't push us around. We're willing to stand up for our sexuality. It's a much different thing than any of the other type of protests that you've heard before when you compare this with uh, blacks and whites and women's rights. The gay protest has always been unique. And it always has been a minority opinion. And it isn't about fitting in with the majority. It's about not taking shit from the majority. And I've if you look at the outrageous people who have added so much to the culture of this city and the art forms that we love in the United States, uh, to think that we wouldn't have had them if New York hadn't been, you know, if Broadway wasn't somewhat run by gays for many, many years, that art form would be, uh, you know, not around. Uh, I think the important part of this is to uh, say, stop always trying to be uh, Norm. Here's Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, I kind of caught the tail end of this argument, but my whole opinion on it is, is that I don't think it matters. If, if they are, the whole gay bribery could be people walking down in slacks and buttoned up shirts, and people are still going to hate on them just because they want to find a reason, whether it be religion, whether they're flamboyancy, whatever it's going to be. There's too many people that want to find an excuse just because it makes them uncomfortable. They want to find any reason to dislike. So I, I don't think it matters how they dress or how they act going down the parade. People are still going to find a reason. I will tell you that, uh, and I've been to the parade many times, the flamboyant, outrageous one pops the crowd bigger than anyone else. It's a very positive uh, day. Uh, here is uh, Gabby in Jersey. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, Ron. I'm just calling to agree with you. I feel like everybody's taking Fez's side on this, but I think it, there's a lot of similarities between this and the civil rights movement. I mean, like, you can, it's so easy to say, like, oh, we can take black people more seriously if they act more like white people, but that's still not really accepting who that person is deep down. It's just accepting an image of yourself. Um, I really don't think that the whole point of the civil rights thing is so that black people can suddenly mimic white people. Uh, it, uh, look, here's the thing about the United States of America. Uh, and we have a lot of parades in this thing to look at other ethnic cultures. Puerto Ricans. Are they li like us? 
Yeah. And then they're not. Jews, are they like us? Yes. And then they're not. Germans, are they like us? Yes. And in other ways, they're not. That's the whole thing. The Polish parade, you show up to see the way the Polish people have their own traditions, some similar to yours, some different than yours. That's the beauty of America. It's not about having everybody be the same thing. Now, are you entitled to your, your opinions, Fez? 100%. But if you, you put your speech up, right? Yeah, that's on the iBang. I wish you would just go back and check how many times fear and scared and afraid show up in that thing. It shows up quite a bit. Well, there's a lot of homophobia showing up in this city in the past few months with people getting jumped, people getting murdered, attacked. Is it? <sighs> and yes, that scares me too. But aren't those like individual acts by crazy, strange people? You don't think that that's a normal thing, right? Like you're not looking around and hundreds of people from Wall Street are attacking gays. No, I mean, it's all random attacks, but it's all random attacks on gay people. Right, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is I don't think that across the board there's some kind of problem between straights and gays. Um, here is uh, Drew in Columbus, show the run Fest show. Hey, um, I, have to, uh, I have to kind of agree with Fez on this, but mm -hmm. with a caveat. And that is, uh, the two callers ago kind of said the same thing that, um, you know, of course you're going to get any kind of, with any kind of group, you're going to get a radical or a extremist version of that person in that parade or in that group or in that protest or what have you. And with a hot button topic like with gay rights, gay, uh, marriage, gay adoption, um, you know, abortion, religion, anything that you, anything that's going to push a hot button, those things are going to be exacerbated by people who are haters, people who want to, like with uh, the NRA, with like, for example, I, I'm a, I believe in the Second Amendment, I own guns, but I don't, uh, I don't belong to the NRA because I think that they're, they're kind of, they're out of whack. So I think that, I think that their messages are, are just, are just off. So, uh, but again, most, political and most even whether it's a political group or not most groups are defined by their extremes unfortunately that's the problem that i think fez is having with this is that it's defined by um the extremes and those are the things that they were a conservative group that does not like homosexuals or doesn't like the idea of it will highlight glom on that bit of news and post so that what, what we're saying is that the gay rights movement is brought down by cross-dressers, or the gay rights movement is brought down by some of these young twinks showing themselves off. I'm saying just the opposite. I'm saying they are the gay rights movement. They're the reason that when we say no bullying, that's exactly the type of people that we're talking about. We're not talking about somebody who can pass, to go back to that thing. You know what I mean? We're not talking about them. We're talking about somebody who middle America would attack and saying, rather than you change, we embrace you the way that you are. That's my point of it. Uh, obviously, Fez, it doesn't mean that I'm um, 
100% right, but to me, that's what the entire movement is about. Uh, here's Gary in Virginia. You're on the Runifest Show. Oh, uh, yeah, Ron, I think you hit it on the head a few minutes ago. When, when Fence keeps using the word fear, and I, I'm not sure, I mean, you think it's the way he, he uses it to maybe empower himself, to, to feel good about it, that people, instead of hate him or dislike him, they're afraid of him? You know what I mean? I, I don't really know how to express it, but it, it keeps coming across that I hear that constantly from him. Like hobo, uh, homophobia, people aren't really afraid as much as maybe they just hate it or dislike it. I think the hate comes from fearing something. What do they have to fear? What do they have to fear by some of these young uh, guys on the floats? It's the fears that they make up in their head, that this is what's going to be happening in their neighborhoods if gay marriage passes, that these things will be happening on people's lawns. You, know, you, you hear so many people that will call in and say, hey, I don't want to have my kids having to look at that like it's going to be a pride march every day on every street in America if this gets passed. So you actually play to their worst fears rather than let them educate themselves. No, I'm saying that they're not going to educate themselves. They're not going to. They don't have to. Do you understand? Like, they don't have to do anything for you to have rights. You do not have to play down to their lowest common denominator. And a lot of the people who are straight people that are supporting you now, Fez, is because I think it's the kind of stuff that they always said. Climb back in the closet. If you're going to do this, do it in the dark, away from us. That's the people that you're trying to please right now. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Matt, you're on the Run and Fez show. Matt, go ahead, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Fez, I think your problem is you can't accept your culture the way it is. Their, their definition of normal is different than yours. They're dancing around in their Speedos doing what they want. That's their definition of normal. They're, it's called free expression. They're expressing what they want and how they feel, and that's how they want to do it. And you just can't accept that. I can accept it, but I can also accept the fact that it doesn't help in the serious causes. I think it makes gays look like a less serious per- people when th- when these things are in front of the Supreme Court right now. This isn't running in front of the Supreme Court. This, the Supreme Court is not looking at gay parades. You've given this a lot of thought, huh? Yeah, I feel like I have. I will tell you this. I will say this was str- this is closer to your per- personality uh, than be- when you found out before you decided that you were gay. That you were kind of a conservative, religious guy, uh, ready to lecture people who came out on the other side of that hippies or punks or whatever. Beatniks. Beatniks, to go back to your time in high school. Um, <laughs> well, before it. Uh, well, you had a problem. You used to call them zoot suits, wherever he sees somebody's <laughs> zoot suit. But the fact of the matter is, this does remind me of conservative Todd. And these new friends of yours are very conservative, huh? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, do you feel like they would love this speech? Oh, I think so. Especially Will, who I brought up, um, who mentioned the Chick-fil-A thing. See, I met Michael before. I didn't think this was... I, mean, I thought he was a man of the arts. Um, so you guys are just going to go there and just tiss, tiss, tiss people in the parade? We're going to hang out and, you know, and support the political things. So you're going to be like, oh, God, look at these. Start egging on some of the floats. <laughs> um... Here is uh, James. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Uh, as a uh, Muslim man living in the South, you know, two typically very conservative things, I'm about as far away from that as you can get. You know, I'm married to a Christian, got tattoos, so not very conservative. I don't know why I would have to explain to my little girl why there are guys walking around in assless chaps. I, I shouldn't have to. I mean, yeah, it's their right to do whatever the fuck they want to do. I, I totally support that. But at the same time, I shouldn't have to explain that to the little girl why that's necessary. Why not? Why not explain to that little girl that there are all different kinds of people? In there the are, and I have, because I have customers that are gay, but I explain that they love each other, and it's perfectly fine for two of the same people, or two of the same sex people to love each other. But at the same time, I don't want to have to hear it expressed. How about it's fine for people who just want to fuck, that have nothing to do with your idea of what sexuality should be. Whether a straight guy who wants to bang a straight woman, it's, you know, quite frankly, it's none of your or your fucking daughter's business what other people want to do. And the fact that you want to hide yourself, that's fine between you and her. But... We're not here just to fucking make you and your daughter feel uh, uh, good about themselves. Why don't you just say this, that you've turned your back on Muhammad and these fucking people are going to hell like you. That is the fucking thing that you could tell him. Oh, and by the way, our relatives are the ones who flew into those buildings. Oh, God. Well, you're explaining shit. Just <laughs> fucking keep it going. But look, guess what? Just because you decided to have kids is no reason that the rest of the world has to fucking join in and tell her there's a Santa Claus. Stop acting like you and your kid are somehow the fucking normal people and everyone else isn't. These gay people were kids once, too. And they were told fucking crazy bullshit by their parents about how the world should work. Um, here's, uh, Brian, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, how yeah. you doing? Fez. Um, okay, America is always so on the fence with gay people. We are, we want to accept them. They get so close, and then the fringe fucking parades by, and it reminds the whole country, hey, yeah, it is all about our sexuality. It's not about, we just want to live a normal life with our partners, we just want to raise kids. They remind us that, yes. no, there is something weird about this, and that's what throws America back to, okay, well, fuck them. They, they but, all, it, it but is for, first of all, are you saying that even straight people who decide not to have kids are weird? No, I no, I'm not even hey. about the kids. I'm saying the the fact that they're flaunting the sexuality and letting us know this is about they odd flaunt sexuality. sexuality at Mardi Gras. They flaunt sexuality at Spring Break. <coughs> but that's not representing a people. Says who? That's only up to you because you decide every time that you look over and see a straight person that it doesn't represent all fucking straight people. And I'm I, saying that to Fez. You the, the entire thing about the movement 
is unique people banding together to say we all want our freedoms. How the hell am I? I feel like I'm alone here. This whole normal thing, what the fuck is wrong with people? See, these two past colors, these are the people I was talking about when I said these people are locked into their positions. They're not going to change. Um, here's Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. Uh, look, I'm a straight guy, happily married, and I think they should keep doing that gay parade and be as flamboyant as they want. And the reason is, is because every time you give in to somebody who says, oh, that's not normal, it puts you one step backwards. I, I, I also, I, I agree with you. But I, I'm just pointing out here, Fez. Look at the people who love your speech, right? Mm -hmm. They are the exact people who want to suppress other people. They're also anti-thong and anti-fairy wings. These, these are your people. That's your actual people. The ones who are saying, why do they have to act like that? Um... Here is uh, Jim. Jim in Arizona. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fezzy. Yes. Hey, hey. I'm just kind of curious on the on the. You put in there the, the on the stereotype about the black kid with his pants down, and I guess my question to you is: If you've seen a say, you know, a guy in his mid forties like me, all dressed in black and leather, coming down the street on his motorcycle, would you would you have that same fear because I'm a biker? I would be nervous around a biker, yes. And, see, that's, I guess, uh, I guess I kind of see your point in, the, in that whole stereotype, you know, because of the, you know, the flamboyant gays or the, or the kid with the pants down around his ankles or the biker in black or the punk rocker with his hair spiked up. But I would say 99.9% .9 of those people are all good people. They're just expressing their own, their own way. And it's just that one tenth of a percent that's 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 the bad on the deal, and even when it comes to the you know the, the in quotes the homophobes, you know I think you can, you know maybe not agree with the lifestyle, but it doesn't make you a hater. Sometimes I don't know. I just I don't think but to change the flamboyancy of of you know the way that's the way the way people want to project themselves is the way to go. That's just pushing them back down. I don't, I don't think it's pushing him back down. I'm saying when you have a guy calling in and he's afraid for his daughter, why, why, why try to fight things by making people more afraid? Why is he afraid for his daughter? It, it, it because is, he has prejudice. Then it's, not, it's his job to deal with his prejudice or his daughter's, not yours. If that guy and his daughter went to the village this weekend, walked out into that parade, would they be in any danger? No. So what's he afraid of? What, what is this fear about? He's afraid things are going to be taken away from him. He's afraid his daughter is going to be wrong. a lesbian. But that would be up to his daughter, right? Don't people become gay without seeing gay? Yes. That's why it's an irrational fear. I say don't feed it. It's, it's his job. It's his fear. It's not your fear. Well, it might be your fear. But my point is, it's his thing to take care of his irrational fears. He's the one that has to grow up. 
And if he wants to teach his daughter fucked up, that's between them. You can teach them anything you want. These kids are so stupid, they'll believe. Until they get older and then they make up their own minds. But it's not your job to worry about what he's teaching his daughter. Um, here's uh, Liz in Chicago. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron. Man, I agree with you so much. And I was just like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm not even going to call in. But I was just getting so upset that nobody was backing you up. And when that guy called in, the, the Muslim, Christian, whatever, and he said, they're bringing their sexuality into this. Well, last time I checked, the difference between a gay person and a straight person is their sexuality. You can't talk about gay and straight without talking about sexuality. And why should, I, mean, I don't, I, I guess my mind is just blown. It says, you said you were going to be fighting for gay rights. You said you wanted to have this new life, this open life. Absolutely, that's what I'm doing. Back. I just don't know how you, how you could fucking tie the Stonewall people in with this, Fez. Because believe me, those people that did the original fight that you're fighting for now came out of Lou Reed songs. You know what I'm saying? That was fucking Candy Says right there. Are people just saying, I've had enough of your shit. I'm not doing it. Yep, Hollywood Long, Candy Darling. Exactly. Those should be the people that, that were fighting for what you're supposed to be fighting for now. And you have so much more freedom than they did then. Use it. Utilize your freedom. And that is what they're saying. They're, they were literally driving the cops back. You do not get the opportunity to treat us this way. Not, oh, we're going to try to please you, blah, blah, blah. They were basically saying, you don't get to treat us this way, no matter how we act. Here's uh, Taylor. You're on the run of Fez show. Uh, the, yeah, the guy who uh, was saying he doesn't want to have to explain to his nine-year-old, but that's like, he wants to protect her. The way you protect your kid is to explain that stuff to them. It's not to make believe it doesn't happen, because then she's going to be 25, run into it, and lose your goddamn mind. You protect your kid. It's just like it's like teaching them fire's hot. I mean, that it's just you got to explain the world to them, and that includes that hey, other people do different things. It's their business. Let them do it. If you like it, yeah, have fun. So I don't. I, I just I never understood that. Oh my God, to protect the kids. It's it's like I'm going to protect from falling by pretending gravity doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't give it. Yeah, I don't give a shit when most people teach their kids. How am I supposed to teach my kids? They're asking me. Why don't you ask me how you should, what you should teach your kids about religion? Why don't you ask me what you should teach your kids about patriotism? Oh, for that, you want fucking freedom. But because some guy on the other side of the country is wearing leather, suddenly I'm up, uh, you know, it's my job to stop you. The conservative, I guess you've made some new conservative friends, Fez, and you want to mm -hmm. be conservative gays. But do you really think that's has anything to do with Stonewall? We, I, I, yeah, I think it's building on the base that started at Stonewall. Do you know what they chanted and sang at Stonewall? No. Here's the thing: that these, uh, it was a chorus line of queens chanted this: "We are the Stonewall girls." We wear our hair in curls. We wear no underwear. We show our pubic hair. We wear our dungarees above our Nelly knees. 
I think that's fucking unbelievable that somehow you want to say, hey, we've got to honor these people by dressing conservative and trying to fucking uh, please middle America. Now, by the way, doing that silly song could get you a fucking stick in the side of the head. Uh, I think there's there's the heroes of your movement right there, Fez. I think that's the hero of your fucking movement. Um, here's uh, Matt. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yes, yeah, I was wondering what you are thinking about. Uh, like, there's all kinds of crazes with YouTube now, just regular marriages, having the Harlem Shake going on after the I do's are passed, or everybody tried to copy the whole office wedding with Pam and Jim. What's your take on that? I've never been a fan of those big... Over- I think, to me, it takes away from the two people that are committing themselves to each other. When you do those things, and you're having a wedding or an engagement or a proposal just to get uh, just to go viral, I think it cheapens the whole relationship. Uh, Christine, you're on the Run Fez show. Hello? Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to say, you know, I was listening to that guy talking about his six-year-old and having to explain assless chaps. My six-year-olds never saw assless chaps for me to have to explain it to them because I didn't take them to the gay parade. Why is your six-year-old at the gay parade if you don't have time to explain it? It's an excuse of how to say, I don't like something, so I'm going to blame it on the fact that I have a kid. I'll tell you right now, Eastside Dave brought his kid in here the other day. That's all you got to do with a kid is love him. That's your main important thing to do. That when that kid came in here, you (coughs) knew that he felt love and security in his life. Other than that, the rest of it's between them, what they teach that kid. You know that Dave is the one who pushed Blues Brothers on him. You know (laughs) that Dave is pushing the Beatles on him. Um, let's go over to, uh, Michael, you're on the Run Fest show. Yeah, hey, Lonnie. Um, you know, just in listening to Fez and his point earlier about, you know, I've been listening for a long time. I've never heard him so happy because last year when he got in the parade, I was so happy for him. And it sounds like now he's going to go and he's going to, like, think poorly of the people who paved the way for him to experience that. It's heartbreaking to me. Uh, You know, I will say this. For Fez, he's making the decisions that he wants to make. He's having the opinions that he wants to have. Um, My only thing to Fez always is that he wants change to take place by the rest of the world changing. And this is a common thing with Fez. And this has, in my opinion, the reason why it's taken Fez so long to date and stuff like that is that he hasn't really accepted uh, being gay. And you obviously don't accept other gays. Um, Somebody wrote this in. Um, the only reason Ron is against Fez because he uh, enjoys watching gay people make fools of themselves. 
And then he says, Ron's sounding idiotic today. When you start acting out in public, you invite scrutiny on your behavior. I didn't say anyone could not sit around and say whatever they want about their the behavior of these people. I'm saying this to you, Jacques. Fuck you and your opinion. That's what I would say about anything out there. There's no reason that this parade, which, by the way, really well attended, has always had... Uh, the young kids dancing, cross-dressers and stuff like that, and will have very powerful political people marching in that parade. Bloomberg will be there. Clinton will be there. Cuomo's going to be there. Who, who? Cuomo. Oh, yeah, Cuomo was loved. Yeah, he's, Cuomo, was, yeah, two years ago they went nuts for Cuomo. But, you know, Cuomo was never really built upon that, if you notice. Not getting any... <laughs> It just seems like he's getting less and less heat every year. He's got to do something big soon. Chuck Schumer's always there. Is Chuck Schumer always been in politics? Seems like for my whole life, it's always been Chuck Schumer. <laughs> well, now Schumer's just attacking like uh, the the pill people, big pharmacies and whatnot. Like that's like his new thing, where like he can't put out generic oxycon and students should stop taking Adderall and Ritalin. For last, for last year, that's been his major... I, I watched this uh, thing last night on... maybe Well, it's on demand. Uh, it's called How to Make Money Selling Drugs. And it's about being a dealer and then all the other kind of people who make money. And it is... I think it's a $20 million, billion dollar a year business now. One thing or the other. And it's just such a clusterfuck. <laughs> It's amazingly big. I'm going to try to get the filmmakers to come in. But it is a... When you look back and see how many politicians who guaranteed they were going to stop the flow of drugs in this country, I mean, it's going on your entire life. Where people say, look, when we do this, we will stop the flow of drugs in this country. No one's getting anything, right? And it's, you know, yeah. Well, there's occasional droughts where we start to panic every once in a while. Um, here is, uh, let's go over to Nathan, Canada. You're on the Fez show. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, Ronnie. Hey. Hey, uh, Fez, I, I just, uh, I find it, uh, I find it odd that you're, that you're kind of making this argument. I mean, I, I know, like, I, I was really proud when you came out and, uh, and, you know, I was proud for you. I'm a, I'm a straight man, but I mean, I. Uh, th- like th- these are the these are the things that make your people your people. I mean, you're you know you're you're flamboyant and you know colorful and creative and and all that all that stuff. It it seems like if I'm not mistaken, you you're saying that if if maybe these parades or 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 the people that are sort of representing that culture are a little more conservative, you're saying that more will get done. I, I think those people get taken more seriously than and, people who and, are, you know, dancing down the down the Fifth Avenue. But that's like, I mean, that's like saying, you know, that's like saying Bob Marley would have been taken more seriously if he didn't have dreadlocks, or or some of the people in the Million Man March would be taken more seriously if they weren't wearing dashikis or or dressing more quote unquote conservative. I mean, and that's what they always asked. They would always say. You know, to James Brown, hey, if he just dressed and acted like not King Cole, 
uh, he would still be able to express himself and look how he would grow. When that happens, Fez, when they're saying is be more white, and you're telling gay people, when you say more seriously, you're saying straighter. Be straighter. Pass. See, I don't feel like I'm saying that. I, I feel like it's if you're going to have people who already hate you, then why feed why feed into their worst fears? How many do, this hate thing I think doesn't take place as much as you think. There are not a lot of people sitting around hating gays and, and ready to strike back at them. They're the people that are going to fight to stop any sort of marriage equality thing. You have the Mormon church who f- completely financed Prop 8. Do you think that you can please the Mormon church by appearing and dressing more like them? No. You're not going to until you take that dick out of your mouth and marry a fucking woman. That's what they want from you. And that's what that's their main thing. And to say that's not sexuality is wrong. They do not want a dick in your ass. They don't want it. That's the negotiating point. Are you willing to give them that? No. Then fuck them. That's my point. If you're not willing to give them that, then where do we... But if neg- we want to live in a country where everyone has the right to marry who they want to, that, and those people aren't budging one bit. Be the bigger people, and con- you know, and show that you're you're not a threat. That you're not going to take away. You're not going to ruin the tradition and sanctity of marriage. You that just they're told so us, afraid of. You just told us earlier. You don't even think straight people care about the sanctity of marriage. Why don't you make that argument? You were heading in a direction there. That this whole sanctity of marriage isn't so. Uh, isn't so holy anymore. Um, and I really don't know how wearing khakis makes them think, okay, they can rub their penises together. Because that's what fucking scares them, Fez. That's what fucking scares them. Because, uh, you know, Roy Rogers dressed gay, but since he was with Dale, they didn't fucking attack him. Do you understand what I'm saying? It isn't mm-hmm. the dress. It's what they really hate is the sexuality. Feds could be like the leader of like a conservative gay party. I could really. The log cabin Republicans. There is such a thing. It seems that's where he's heading. But I will tell you Batman and Superman wear tights, they're flamboyant. They're accepted because they have girlfriends. It isn't the dress. It isn't the music. It isn't the dancing. It's sexuality. That's what they... That's who. what anyone who is afraid of is. And you say, well, they're afraid that their daughters will become gay. Why is that such a bad thing? It's not, but that's just the way they think. But what, why are you in charge of what they think? Um, here's um, Randy. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, my point on this uh, whole argument about marriage is the fact that that's the word that's holding all this up. 
if the gay community would just give it a different name, get the same rights, the same love involved well, between person to person. Randy, we will see because it's the Supreme Court will let us know in a week whether what you're saying is true or not. But you may be 100% wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong, but really, I think that's the word that scares the, you know, the people on the religious side. Um, marriage was marriage was determined by you know the religious man and woman. That's where we, we get the word from. Uh, we will have to see. That'll be up to the Supreme Court. I know there's been. Um, Tons of people who have signed something that said they will not listen to the Supreme Court no matter what they go for. And one of them is that idiot at the Catholic League, Bill, whatever, Bill Donahue. Yeah. Uh, so despite this win, they're still not going to accept the FS. Um, here's uh, Zach. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I really, I, I think you're correct. I don't think it has anything to do with, with the dress. Uh, case in point, Liberace. I mean, conservatives and Christians came out in droves to see him perform, and uh, you know, of course, look at the way he dressed and and even the way he he kind of acted, uh, feminine, and you know. They didn't. People didn't hold back on coming to see him because he didn't come out as gay. Right, but if he would have opened the show with "I just sucked a big cock last <laughs> night," that place would have fucking emptied. They would have emptied. Uh, Bill, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, what's going on? Yeah, uh, I think that both you and Fez uh, made made valid points, like you said. Uh, people are kind of turned off by the sexuality part of it that's what everyone's kind of objecting to the people who do object uh but the pride parade festivals and all that stuff i think they're they're very outwardly sexual so i think if those were toned down a little bit you might see some uh acquiescence from uh, i guess the opposition i don't think that um and by the way, I don't think that Fez and I are terribly on the same side. I think we agree on all the same things. I think that he doesn't have to worry so much about what other people do. Um, and that's the only part of it I think that we disagree personally. And I don't think that there is the same amount of fear out there. And I think you could thank some of those people uh, from 40-some years ago. Um, I think that they were, those were the ones that made it better. Um, here's Dave in Rhode Island. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. How are you, man? Love the show, man. Hey, Fez, I just want to ask you, are you gay in the sense that you want to uh, have a long-term relationship with a man in which you are holding hands, walking down the street, kissing each other on the mouth, and, and sort of getting on like uh, like a heterosexual couple? Or, you know, because, I mean, I've heard you talk, and, you know, you don't have sexual experiences except for by yourself, and then, you know, you, you've talked about how you've experimented with uh, dildos and stuff and that you've hurt yourself. And I, I don't think that it's... I personally don't think that homosexuality is a sexual thing, more, uh, more so a love thing. Like, the thing that 
the the thing that I don't get about homosexuality is I couldn't picture myself walking down the street with another man holding hands and then you know like kissing him like that that I couldn't I couldn't get into that so is that I just want to ask like yeah I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. What if that freaked people out, Fez? What if that freaked out the fucking straights in Iowa? How am I supposed to explain that to my daughter? Two guys holding hands. Why are they doing that? Uh, Nothing, honey. Don't worry. Now he's putting his hand down another guy's pants. In public. I think there's a difference between grabbing somebody's crotch and holding hands walking down the street. They grab crotches? That's what Chris just said. No, but what, what are they doing that you hate? Well, I don't think the bump and grind out there helps anything at all. Uh, the kissing doesn't help either, Fuzz. The kissing doesn't help. But the I w- kissing freaks straight people out. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not a big fan of PDAs anyway, whether it's straight people, gay people, whoever's doing it. I think it's uncomfortable when you walk into a place and you see two people just with their tongues down each other's throat. I feel like even though it's a public place, I've invaded their privacy. You're a fun guy. You should just watch. Just watch. You see people. Let's go over some. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, get it. Look at that. Look what you're doing. Get that. <laughs> you're seriously... You're not so much in the closet, you're in the coffin. You really are. You're dead. You're a dead person. Although you do look very healthy in that picture that you put up on the eye bag. It's a healthy mustache. I know, you just took that today. The mustache makes your head look small. <laughs> it certainly makes your chin look small. It makes the chin look small, and then it makes like the, the forehead uh, shrink in at the top. Are you it's growing, a reverse hourglass. Are you growing that mustache in a way that no one could ever possibly kiss you? <laughs> Is that like the gates... To the protective gates? It won't go uh, to the sides where I can twist it into a handlebar. It just keeps going straight down. Yes. It just gets full. It doesn't get long. How come you haven't told us that every day? You got to get some fucking styling wax, dude. Just... You got to let us know that every day. You've got to bring up. Isn't one side bigger than the other? That side you twirl, not the other. I don't want to say I'm just going to keep this on off my fucking shit this year. Nice. Sam tried to start some trouble by saying that Melinda's dad was wearing this. I'm like, it's a summer, it's a fucking Panama hat. It's 93 degrees outside today. It's disgusting. I had to fucking walk around with an umbrella hat on. (laughs) (laughs) You want to burn, dude. I should get a wagon, fill it up with fucking water, and make kids (laughs) drive me around. We should be cracking open fire. Uh, Come on. Can't think of the word. You can use a couple different words, actually, for it. Yeah. Um, fire hydrant. Cracking fire hydrants open. There you go. Thank That's you for racism. that. What's that? What's racist what's about that? You know why people don't do that anymore. You know I, who does it. I remember being in a multicultural group as a child. <laughs> I would love a hydrant open. Drinking an hydrant water while it was pushing your face back. Hell yeah. Fantastic. Fuck yeah. If Bloomberg wanted to help the city, we'd just open up hydrants on a constant basis. Oh, God forbid we'd be wasting water. What the fuck else are we using it for? Fez, are you uh, leading the gay pride parade? Is the gay unpride parade? 
that you're trying to put together? You I seem like be- you dislike gays. No, I don't dislike gays. I love. I am gay. Hmm. Hmm. This has to be gays you dislike. I mean, not all gays are the same. He's in with that rough crowd now. The worst thing we ever did was meet that Michael. What's happening, Eddie? Oh. When we break, we'll come back with Eddie Trunk. He's doing his new show, Trunk in My Junk. <laughs> is, <laughs> is coming up. It's like that old BET show on Cut where it's just ass shaking videos at night. <laughs> right back is Ryan Fess. Enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's OB and Anthony channel. More in moments. That means one thing. Eddie Trunk's on his way into the studio. That is his theme song. Big Blind Melon fan here. Uh, Eddie, how's everything going with you, my friend? Good, guys. Good to see you. You said that you were driving in today listening to the discussion Fez and I were having. Compelling. And you said that you identified 
with Fez is that as a gay man? I identify. I, I looked at what. <laughs> no, not as a gay man. Let me just say this. It took me a second. This is early for me, Ron. Hold on a second. Yeah. Let it go. No, you know, but I will say this. Yeah. As, as I got out of my car after listening to you guys, 100 degrees here in New York City right mm. now, walking through Times Square. Whether you are heterosexual, as I am, or gay, mm -hmm. there are some wonderful sights on the streets of New York really? in a hundred degree day, in all states of undress. So yeah, that will it's work a good day you. to enjoy. But no, what I was thinking as I was listening to the debate and the calls and the conversation is when I listened to uh, Fezzi's, what would you say, manifesto? Yeah, it is a manifesto. <laughs> the things that I identified about through what he was saying, you know, in my world which is pretty much confined to music I, I i've always been a guy that has fought against some of the stereotypes that come with the music that i love heavy metal because i think that it sometimes keeps it down it keeps it you, you know th this music is still very much underground in a lot of ways and it's always kind of like i believe people should express themselves however they feel but i always found it curious when people come up to me especially now being on TV the last 11 years or what have you, that they see me and they say, you don't look like a metal guy. And I'm like, really? What does that exactly mean? Well, you don't have tattoos. You don't have piercings. Every other word out of your mouth isn't fuck. You don't have long hair. You don't, you don't have a denim vest. You don't look like a metal guy. And where people think that I might take that as an insult, I take it as a huge compliment because... I think that if that's how you choose in this form of music to identify yourself and express yourself, that's great. More power to you. But for me, it was never about that. And I think that when people uh, marginalize this music, a lot of it comes from the fact that they think that they can just look in a lineup and say he's a metal guy because he looks a certain way and not think me or my friend Mike Piazza would be a metal guy or guys who are brain surgeons that call my show and tell me they listen. So I, I kind of took that from it. Mm. See, I think it has to do with the lyrics. I think that people find the lyrics somewhat, you know, monstery and devilly and... Well, that some bands back. certainly play up to that, too. Yeah. I mean, there's bands that, you know, and it's just like what you guys were talking about. I mean, some people in metal play up to that, and some people are very smart and very creative in their lyrics and do different things and send messages and do positive things. So it's it's all, you know, a balancing act, I think. So there's a lot of metal bands you'd like to get rid of. No. It's up to you. You'd like to have them out of the genre so the genre gets a little more respect. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say get rid of them. I would just say that um, I just think that there's a, I just think there's a way. It's not just it's not just bands, Ron. I think it's fans as well. Yeah. I think it's entertainers. I think it's like, you know, I don't know. There's a metal awards show that happens every year in L.A. called The Golden Gods, right? Mm -hmm. And it's great that there's finally an awards show. But I'm watching it this year. And listen, my favorite comic in the world is Andrew Dice Clay, so nothing bothers me, okay? <laughs> but I mean, literally, every acceptance speech, every presentation, every person, literally almost every other word out of their mouth was fucking fuck, 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 fucking fuck, 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 fuck. This is fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm like, can anybody construct a sentence that is somewhat, has some level of... I don't know, some intelligence class, something more than just playing to that 
common thread of you're a metal guy, so you got to walk out there like a moron, and every word's got to be fuck and throw horns and, you know, do that. I just never understood that. Ron, the late, great Ronnie James Dio, one of the greatest compliments I ever heard was that he had said that, you know, some of his crew and stuff said that when he did interviews and stuff with me, he used to refer to me, and this is he said this, this isn't me talking, as the intellect of heavy metal, because he enjoyed having an intelligent, respectful conversation about the genre, instead of, yo, Ronnie, what the fuck is going on? Throw the fucking orange motherfucking metal! Metal, you motherfucker! You know, and Ronnie's a 65-year-old guy, like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, so. so most people in metal, you think, present themselves as stupid, and when they're not, many yeah. are not. But some, some play feel like they have to. Well, exactly, Ron. That's exactly my point. And I'm not judging anybody that does. If that's the way you feel truly and want to express yourself, that's fine. But what bothers me is the people that, you know, feel they almost need to, you know, get the uniform <laughs> to right. like heavy metal. I know people who only dress a certain way when they go to metal shows. That's ridiculous. That all to of me. a sudden they're wearing a chain link shirt as a fucking. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, what are you doing? They go in their closet, get a bunch of affliction stuff. It's true. And 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 you know, do something to their hair and put shit in their face, and I, I'm ready to go to a metal show. I don't want to say Mikey D, but it's my friend Mikey D will go out only dressed like that, and he's like, yeah, and he's all pumped up. But, you know, maybe that's all part of the fun it's, Well, that's what I was going to say, too. And again, I'm not judging people that do that, because it could be for them, like, going out for Halloween. You know, mm -hmm. I've got to get into the, the, the mode. For me, it was only... It's Halloween music. That's what metal is. <laughs> yes, it's Halloween music. Scary. And some of it, if you see this new band, Ghost, they look like it's Halloween every day. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen I them. I miss but... them. How's your show doing? You, you mentioned it on for so many years now. Uh, the show seems... Now, I know some of the promos this year, it looks like you're even getting a little more serious. The TV some, show you're talking yeah. about. Um, we had 100 episodes two weeks ago. Wow. Uh, over five years, which if you do the math means we average 20 shows a year, which it's, isn't a lot. <laughs> that's strong now compared to a, a, what a lot of people are doing on cable, though. Yeah, yeah. So we hit 100 episodes a couple weeks ago. We're in the smack right now in the middle of what is our 12th run cycle season of shows. Uh, we've got four more new ones to come the next four Saturdays. Uh, if you've seen the show this season, tremendous changes to it brand new set, a ton of new features that rotated in and out of every episode. One of the mandates that the network said, you know, because we've been off for the longest period of time without new shows than we ever were. We've been in repeat mode for like six months before these new shows just started. A lot of people were scared because they thought that the show was actually canceled. We didn't know what was going on, but the network just felt after doing at that point, 96 episodes or whatever, for the most part, the same look, the same set, a lot of the same features. They just wanted to kind of do, and I hate the, the, the it's overused word, but the reboot of the show. And that's what they ended up doing. So they changed up the set and uh, a lot of different features and a lot of different stuff. And we're still having fun. And the first week that the uh, new shows premiered, three, four weeks ago, number two must-watch in Entertainment Weekly, and they gave the episode an A-. So who thought we'd even get mainstream press? Sure. You know, so it's, and it was the number one rated show for VH1 Classic for the year. Now, <laughs> that's VH1. I mean, you know, it's right. good to be the big fish in the small pond, but. You're their Beavis and Butthead. You are what Beavis and Butthead did years ago. For the most part, we're, we're the reason why people pretty much come to the channel at this point and kind of the anchor. Um, but that being said, I never get too high or too low. Everybody said, well, you got to be good for another 100 shows if they just spent all this money on a new set. And I'm like, no, you, you don't really apply logic ever in this business. Sure. You know, anything can happen. So, 
All right, Eddie Trunk sitting in with us, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Rich in Yonkers. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, you doing, buddy? Yeah. Uh, Eddie, I had a question for you. In the past two episodes I've seen for this season, that metal show, on Saturday nights at 1030, there's been a little tip of the hat to Jim Norton, the chick who gives out the stump and trunk prizes, wore an Eddie Jim Norton t-shirt yeah. before that. There was a guy who called himself Chip Chipperson. Yeah. Was that purposely done, or was that done... You know, we share the same audience. The Chip Chipperson thing was not intentional. That just <laughs> happened. Um, the the Jennifer, our uh, our Miss uh, Box of Junk uh, person on the show, um, very lovely and talented in her own right. And apparently, um, I think I think this is somewhat common knowledge, but I, I hope it is <laughs> at least. But she is a personal trainer as well, and I believe she trains Norton. She's I had no idea that. She's a personal trainer here in New York. This sounds like a great segment that she could bring Norton on the show and train while you guys are talking about metal. Yeah, we've had Norton on, yeah. you know, on the but on, not so, training, not training. But maybe we go to the gym, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, as, as you can tell from looking at her, she's in she's in great shape. She does a lot of things. She does acting and stuff on the side, and she also it does personal training for people. And I believe Norton's one of her clients. Thus, the Norton T-shirt that she mm -hmm. wore. That she probably got from Jim during. Uh... Well, I saw Jim on O and A the other day, and he was wearing her T-shirt. She so has a T-shirt. No, I make, I make this stuff up. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say I don't even have merch. You need you need some merch. I know, though. I know, I got to get merch. Eight six six Ron zero Fez, eight six six Ron zero Fez. Uh, Eddie Trunk uh, sitting in with us today, and if you got anything you want to talk to Eddie about, here's Scott. In Illinois. Hey, Scott. Hey, Eddie. How's it going? What's up, Scott? Hey, uh, big fan of what you do. I'm, I got Thanks. a question. What is your opinion? What is the Eddie Trunk opinion on the whole Jeff Tate Queensryche debacle? Because I've heard, you know, Jeff's version of Queensryche. And if you've heard the new CD, which I'm sure you have, you have Todd and I think Scott coming on this week, there is no comparison. Wait, which one what? are you saying you like better? The, the uh, Todd's version of Queensryche is. Queensryche. I mean, it's the original. It sounds exactly like what it, the way it was the first five albums. As far as live, or are you just talking about the the, band, the two the, albums the, they've made? The, the the albums the competing bands have made, the live show, or both? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the album. Well, I got the the Queensryche, the, the one coming out tomorrow, actually. I pre-ordered it and got it at the end of last week. So I've heard them both, and Todd's version is far, far superior. Well, I've What's heard I, I've heard both sides. I, I, and and listen, everybody knows that I uh, absolutely have no problem speaking my mind about anything. But I've got to be honest. I, I've listened to both records, and I was pleasantly surprised by both i honestly thought that they were both uh good good records what's going to happen and i don't know if you guys have followed this story that well but sure the queensrike thing blew up on stage in brazil over a year ago jeff their singer spit on the drummer in the middle of a gig they physically almost fought uh or did fight before and after the gig and then it just imploded and you have this weird phenomenon that's happening a lot lately where you have two different versions of the same uh, of a band using the name
And that's what's happening with Queensryche. Now, that's going to end in November because it's going to the courts, and they're ultimately going to award the name to one band. But in the meantime, you got these two competing versions out there touring and putting records out as quick as possible while they can still use the name Queensryche until the courts decide. Well, how many members do you think that you need in a band still to use the name? Because we've never... You know, the thing is, you can call a band whatever you want once you own the name. They don't even need any of the original members. But if you're going to show up and something's called, it doesn't matter what, if it's called Grand Funk Railroad, and it was, what, three guys in that band, right? Now there's five, and only one is original. That's, that's, that's <laughs> They've grown, but have less original members. So people will say stuff like, hey, I finally got the opportunity to see... No, you really didn't. I mean, is that really Guns N' Roses out there? Here's the thing. It's really interesting what's going on now. The name ownership is, number one, the biggest thing that's going on and the biggest wars behind the scenes in the music industry. You mentioned Grand Funk. Foreigner yeah. currently touring with no original members. Nobody, and they call themselves Foreigner. Right. Now, Mick Jones, who drifts in and out, it, who I guess has been ill. Um, I just talked to friends who saw them this weekend. And Mick, some sh gigs, Mick wasn't there at all, meaning zero original members. One gig, Mick came out for like the last two songs. That was it. Made a cameo and left. So I don't know. So, you know, Guns N' Roses is, is interesting because if the band was called Axl Rose and Friends right. and not called Guns N' Roses, regardless of who's in it, would they still be headlining festivals Hell around no. the world? Of course no. not. So it all comes down to that. The big move that's going on right now is what's going on with uh, our friends in Bon Jovi. Because yeah. the Richie Sambora situation is getting really ugly. And everybody knows John owns, it's his name, it's his band. He's the only one signed to the deal. And here, after 30 years, the, the perception is he's trying to basically make a play to turn it into his own thing. And, uh, and, and just be about him. And let's, let's be honest, for, it was for the most part just about him for a long time, except for Richie, huge part of writing the songs and by far the second, you know, his, right. his right hand guy. So now they're saying if Richie, if John's ticket sales and record sales don't suffer as a result of Sambora not being there, there's no leverage for Sambora to come back. If the shows start tanking, then all of a sudden John's going to have to go make the piece because he's going to realize he needs them. So people are looking at this as almost an experiment. Every band's trying to pull these moves off. They're, nobody's making money selling records. So it's all about the live touring, and if I can control it and own it and just put everybody else on salary, I'm going to make more money. But doesn't that also make you feel like, show you how little fans care, that if they don't know whether Richie Sambora is there or not, even though the big fans... Uh, I remember one time we booked on our show at a live gig in the morning Asia to come in. I looked over and I'm you like... You got the different one? You got John Payne? I don't know who. There's two, yeah. I don't know who we had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I looked and over. you're like, tell me about Heat of the Moment. The yeah. guy's like, I, I wasn't in the band No, then. we just had him play and we were like <laughs> looking around and they're like, and we looked at the crowd. We had 10,000 people there at 6 o'clock in the morning and no one was bitching. So I'm just like, Heat of the Moment. This is great. But I fucking knew. You know what I mean? It, those guys were far too young. But that goes to show you the, the fans don't really give a shit. They show up and see Foreigner, and they don't care who's in it. Well, he, they yes and no. In an instant, in a case like Foreigner, 
think about this. Foreigner was, and I don't mean this as a knock, I happen to love Foreigner's records, but Foreigner was a faceless band, if you think about sure. it. Sure. I mean, there was no pin-up in Foreigner. Nobody right. was running around with posters right. of Lou, Lou Graham on their wall. Yeah, and there's plenty of bands like that. Yeah, so, so there's bands where the name transcends any member. You know, Mick Jones, as talented as he is, never viewed really as a guitar hero. Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't Eddie Van Halen up there. You know, So you can see how it could almost work in that way. People see the name. The band's got 15 huge hits. They're hearing them. They sound good. They go home happy. Um, in some instances, it's... It doesn't. Like, for me, everybody knows I grew up a huge KISS fan. But everybody also knows that follows what I do. I am completely turned off and not a fan of KISS at all for what they've done recently, which is impersonating Ace and Peter, mm. dressing two guys as them, impersonating all their moves. I have no problem with replacement members as long as you call them what they are. But I have a huge problem with impersonation. And these people, the, the fans don't care with the impersonators? Fans like me care. I yeah. checked out. I don't go anymore. There's a segment that do. There's also a segment that want to see four guys in makeup and see confetti fall and bombs go off and hear rock and roll all night and go home happy. Uh, Eddie Trunk sitting in with us. That metal show back on VH1 Classic. Uh, up over 100 shows now. Here is Jerry. Jerry, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Eddie. Uh, how you doing? Good, Jerry. Hey, uh, you know, speaking of kids, I just wanted to ask your opinion on their album, The Elder. Uh, I think it's really underrated, and it's just uh, it's a hell of an album. Yeah, the band the band hates it. <laughs> you know, uh, I think it's a, it, you know it's that one album. Every band has that one album in their catalog. That's this controversial kind of album where some fans love it, others think it's a disaster. It's I like some stuff on that record. I was a huge fan and friend of Eric Carr's. It was his first record with them. It's not yeah. by any chance, by any stretch of the imagination, a typical Kiss record. But that's kind of what I like about it. It was so far out there for them that I think it's kind of neat to listen to. Uh, here's Aaron in New York. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I, I drove home to get my seven-year-old in the car, who's a fanatic, who watches every Friday night. Thank you. Um, do you guys have any plans of ever filming like a special episode on the East Coast? Something for kids? Good luck. <laughs> <The> kids special. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong, my kid's badass. He plays Metallica, he plays, he's bugging me to, to take him to Sabbath. No, well, well, the deal is, and, and thank you for the support, but the thing is, is that we are all East Coast people. We, the network's based in New York. We're all, myself, Don, and Jim are all from New Jersey. We're all East Coast. We, the show started on the East Coast. The first four seasons, I think, were shot here in New York. We moved it to Los Angeles for one reason, because 95% of musicians live in LA mm. and one of my big roles behind the scenes with the show is getting the guests in to do the show and it made my life a thousand times easier to go to somebody like Slash or what have you and say hey can you drive 10 minutes or can we send a car for you to come by then can you get on a plane and come across the country so that's the only reason even British guys like you know even the guys that live in England if they have a second home it's in LA sure so we it's just it's not about where we do it we're all New York New Jersey people at heart and we talk about that a lot in the show it's about you know I'll, I, we have to go where the where the artists are and it's as simple as that we were going to do a special in Times Square and it was scheduled and set to shoot the day Hurricane Sandy hit. 
So that got canceled. We ended up doing it in Vegas like a week later. But we did have something special planned for New York, and, and the hurricane wiped it out. Uh, Eddie Trunk uh, sitting in with us. That metal show back in another season. But, Eddie, I think uh, the other big story is Black Sabbath. Mm putting out an album and going to number one pretty quickly in England. I think it was like 42 years since that lineup had its original number one, which is ridiculous. I mean, the, the, the thought of it, I don't think any other bands come close to doing something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing thing. I mean, what you have to take into account, at least in America is the way that the charts have changed mm -hmm. and the way the music business has changed. It's not uncommon, and this isn't trying to diminish at all the, 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 what Sabbath has just done, which is incredible and great for Sabbath and great for metal, but it's not uncommon at all for bands who are established with huge fan bases who have been around that long with a very anticipated record to not in their first week come in anywhere in the top five of the Billboard Top 200. You know, whether it be ACDC or Aerosmith or Kiss or Van Halen or what have you, they're all in their rush. They're all in their first week going to come in anywhere from the one to five, six position, depending upon what else is out that week and if, if Taylor Swift. Swift has a record out or whatever. Because their whole fan base buys it in the first week. The challenge becomes what happens to the record in week three, four, five. Sadly, and I don't know what's happening with Sabbath, but sadly, history shows that that record in week two is number 39, in week three is number 112, mm. and in some cases week like four is down. gone. Yeah. It's all about that first week because there's not a support system. The Sabbath record is a great record, and it's very uncompromising, and it's very uncommercial. So it's really, you had all this push towards that first week release, everybody buy it. Now the test comes, does radio embrace it and actually keep it going and bring in fans to keep buying it beyond their base, which was the 100,000 that bought it in its first yeah. week. And it's a challenge that all these bands face. When you're a classic band with a huge history, uh, you're going to get that first week pop, but then afterwards the bottom usually falls out quick. And it's tough for a classic rock to play new records, even by a classic artist. A lot of them won't. Sadly, that's true, Ron. And yeah. it bums me out because a lot of them, like Sabbath, have made really good new records. I look back at you know, the Sabbath record, the Aerosmith record, which was like 11 years in the making, has like a half a dozen great rock songs I on it. I thought it was terrific, too. Great record. Um, Van Halen's record, after all those years. I mean, Scott. How that wasn't pumping out of every radio over the summer that it came out, I don't know. And it bums me out because some of these guys are making some of the best new music they've made in a long time. And sadly, it is being ignored by a lot of people. And I don't know. I mean, I my radio shows both of them. I pride myself on playing new music. I think it's important, and I do it in every single week when I can because I think that it's uh, you know there's a lot of holes out there. A lot of people don't even know these records came out. You know, I'll get yeah. calls on my show that I do tonight here on Sirius XM, and people will be like, uh, hey, what's Iron Maiden been doing the last 10 years? I'm like, they did like five tours and put out three records. Yeah. And it blows my mind with the technology we have today, if you're a music fan, that you can't find that out. All you got to do is Google it. Don't wait uh, 20 minutes on the phone to talk to me I on know, a Monday. <laughs> Go on your computer, your phone, punch in Iron Maiden, and you'll see. It is, uh, it is true, and it's also true that 
what you've done for a, a, a lot of years on the radio is completely different when, than what radio normally does. Most of those guys in radio program these stations almost automatic. You know, it's just, oh, here's the same hits that you've heard for years and years. They're petrified of playing anything now. Totally. I, I've been in radio. This is my 30th year. And uh, I'm planning something, which, of course, you guys will be invited to and as soon as I pull it off for the end of the year to celebrate that. Um, but it's going to be pretty cool if it comes off. Johnny, are you listening? Johnny Hardrock? Oh, he's in England, so he's working oh, yeah, on it is. on England. But, right, so a major name? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we're, It's close, but it's not done yet. But anyway... Um, it's, it's Zeppelin, just saying. Yeah, if it's Zeppelin, yes. Zeppelin. Yes, <laughs> exactly. The Stones and Zeppelin. We're just trying to figure out who's going to open. Um, no, Ron, you're right. I mean, for me, I got into radio three decades ago for the thrill of sharing music with other people that I loved. And uh, I also feel radios in a real, music radios in a really, really dicey spot right now and if they don't wake up and see what's coming down the pike it's going to be a rude awakening because i got news for you you don't need regular radio to play for you 15 songs an hour and say there was acdc that's def leppard and get out you got everybody's walking around with every streaming service satellite radio ipods in their pocket docks in their cars i've always believed you've got to do something more than just play music and uh I love doing that. My show is very much a hybrid. I call it music and talk that rocks. You got to have the conversation. You got to have the opinions. You got to have the calls. You got to do it live. I mean, I pride myself on being one of the few live music shows uh, on Sirius XM and on my, my terrestrial side. So I think it's really, really, really important more than ever to do stuff creatively in radio. And I, I've been trying to do that for a long time, and I do my best. You don't think you can just come in, lay down all of your stuff in five minutes, and then leave after, like, hey, that was, but you want to be in there hearing the songs as they're playing. I'm segueing records, yeah. man. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know what I'm playing 30 seconds before I play it. It's kind of like, to me, that's, I don't mean to sound like an old, you know, an old fuddy-duddy, but that's the art of doing radio is A, the interactivity with the audience, the spontaneity from the audience, and and the vibe that you're creating with the music. Like, you know, okay, I'm going to go from this to this, and this is going to work well, and I'm all working this guy's request, and then I'm going to talk to people for 20 minutes about how they feel about the show they just saw, and then I'm going to have some guests in. I mean, that to me, you know, going back to when I first met you sure. guys, I mean, I was the only music show that survived on an FM talk station for a couple years because it was you that sort of spirit of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, I just read an article the other day that said that radio is eating themselves. And people like us, for us, that's heartbreaking because I don't want to see terrestrial radio destroyed just because we're working over here. But they are doing everything they can to screw the pooch. Here's what I don't understand about Terrestrial, and I'm on about 25 stations now. I um, still do a show, the show that started 30 years ago. I still do every Friday from New York. I still love doing it, and without my flagship in New York, I'd be dead in the water nowhere with that show, because syndication is not about how many stations you have. It's about what markets you're in, and I'm lucky because I got New York and Boston, so I got two top tens, and that's what keeps that thing afloat. All respect to the other stations, but that's yeah. Th those are the anchors. And... Um, to me, what I don't quite understand about terrestrial radio right now, and I just had this conversation with a couple people, 
If you listen to any terrestrial radio station, all they do is push you to every other way to listen to it but over the air. <laughs> now, what is the number one thing, though, that gauges anybody's success in radio? Arbitron. PPM, mm -hmm. what replaced Arbitron, people yeah. meter. That's the rating system they use now. And for people that don't know how that works, I mean, it's like having a caller ID on you, and whatever music you're exposed to, it registers... Even if you walk in and get coffee and they're playing Light FM, it's going to click for Light FM that you heard it that day. It's not about what you dial up. It's about what you're exposed to. Bottom line is, PPM is ruling the world, and every program director is using that to base his programming decisions. But then every other word out of the jock's mouth is, listen to our stream, listen to our app, listen to... Guess what? They're not rated. <laughs> so it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's like it seems like they're trying anything, and... To, to diversify the fan base and the listening experience, which is great, but at the same token, they're telling the jocks, you got to get PPM numbers. Um, here's uh, Jeff, Jeff in Jersey. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, Eddie, is your middle name Swimming? Swimming? No, it's Scott. Overseas? Well, I don't know. Um, Not quite sure what that was. I get it. Here, here's Sean. Sean, you're on the Runfest show. Hey, what's going on, Eddie? It's an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to go back to what you said about uh, bands like Van Halen and why their latest albums weren't being played on the radio. That the, the last album, which I think was VH3, was was probably the worst album I've ever heard. I've been a big Van Halen fan my entire life. I've got their entire catalog. Van Halen 3 was just awful. They left their roots. They went to this corporate format to try, to, to try and bring in new listeners and you never heard any of those songs on the radio because the album sales were horrendous. Oh, I agree I mean, with you. I agree with you totally on that. You're t he's talking about the album with Gary Sharon on, on vocals. Yeah. It wasn't a good record. And yeah, I mean, we're not talking... Uh, as I said, I'm talking about bands that have made really good new records uh, that are not getting supported. Yeah, and you, you look at a band like, like Scorpions, who's been accused of being corporate-based and, and whatnot. Their last album was phenomenal because they didn't... They didn't play into what was being popular today. They went back to their roots and played what made them famous. Van Halen didn't do that. And I, I think a lot of bands are starting to do that now. They're starting to, to, to play beyond the MTV era and, try, and trying to get, get into this new millennium. Well, did, you, did you hear the new Van Halen album? No, what? I haven't heard. I haven't. The DH3 the or the new one? No, no, no. The new one, A Different Kind of Truth. It came out like a year ago, the, the Roth reunion record. Yeah, and, and my my whole thing with with David Lee Roth, yeah, he he was phenomenal. He is the lead man for Van Halen. I think he needs to get over himself so that Van Halen can start being what they used to be. They could be a really great band, and they they keep placating to this uh, egomaniac. I I don't know about that. Van Halen these days is run by the Van Halens. You got three guys with the last name Van Halen in that band now. I think Roth is along for the ride more than anything, and. Um, you know, you use the word corporate. I never quite understood what that meant when people say bands go corporate or whatever. I, you know, commercial maybe is the word at times, but I, I don't, I don't see where you know, uh, bands try different things when they stop being true to what they're about and try to get do things just for airplay. I understand that, and that sucks when that happens. But I don't quite understand the corporate thing when people say things like that. But Van Halen's an interesting case because. You have another guy who's on the outs with Van Halen right now who sold a zillion records and had about 15 huge bonafide hits 
that Van Halen cannot and will not play because all respect to David Lee Roth, but he couldn't come close to singing them. And that's all the stuff they did with Sammy Hagar. So that's an interesting dynamic, because how do you leave 15, 20 years of songs that for some people are how they discovered Van sure. Halen? Why can't this be love? If Dreams you love in the right 80s, now, that was Van Halen. Love too. walks in, on and on and on. Jump, uh, not jump, but you know what I'm saying. There's, right. there's literally like a dozen huge songs. Those are off the table for Van Halen to have anything to do with, because there's no way Roth could even... Roth struggles with his own stuff, let alone trying to sing like Sammy that very few people can do. Well, I grew up in the Gary Sharon area, so this whole thing, <laughs> for me... Uh, we got a break here. Yeah. Eddie Trunk sitting in with us till the end of the show today. He'll answer your questions. It's the Ron Fez Show. Ron Bennington. Right. All right. Tez Wally. Yeah. This is the... The Ron and Fez Show. Mouthful of cavities. And your soul's a bowl of jokes. It's Ron and Fez Show. Eddie Trunk sitting in with us today before he begins his show tonight. What's the show about, uh... Tonight, tonight, 6 Eastern, Sirius XM 39, which is called Trunk Nation when I'm on. Normally it's called Hair Nation, and uh, 6 to 10 Eastern. Uh, tonight, Carmine Peace is coming in. Lita Ford is coming in. Wow. She's jamming over at Iridium tonight, the legendary, with the legendary Les Paul trio over there on Mondays that they do. So, so this is just a regular Monday night show for you. Uh, Carmine Peace coming in and Lita Ford. Pretty much, Strong, yeah. dude. That's a strong lineup. Hey, you know, I've been lucky to have made some great relationships after all these times in radio and have guys or women that, when they're in town, want to come by and be on the show. And I mean, I don't have a producer or anything. They just, I get a text or an email, hey, man, can I come in? And it's like, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, when you got guys like Joe Perry sitting in there or Sammy Hagar or whoever the case may be, and to sit in there and peel away the layers for an hour or two is what I love most about radio. It's the hardest transition to make to TV because in TV you get a guy you want to interview and I'm literally looking at the camera and there's a clock that starts at five minutes and 30 seconds. Right. And that's the time you got. And then, you know, that same person I may have interviewed the week before and I just spent 90 minutes straight talking to him and getting into so much stuff and it just, it rips me, rips my insides out that I can't do that on TV because I so want to. Is Lita Ford, uh, are they ever going to do something with the Runaways again? Seems like they're leaving a lot on the table with that. There was a big, you saw the movie? Yeah. There was a big division there uh, between those camps, if you will, especially Lita and Jones' camp. That's why, if you notice in that movie, Lita wasn't even mentioned. I mean, Lita was right. completely not even referenced in that, that movie at all. Lita told me she recently had lunch with Joan Jett. And I think there's very, very subtle steps made towards trying to do some sort of runaways thing again. But whenever you have instances where you have separate camps, separate managers, separate agents, it's really hard to put all that together. Uh, here's Chad in Maryland. You're on the run of Fest show. Chad. We got you, buddy? Chad's busy listening to the Gary Schroen Van Halen right That's now. That's a nice idea. Philip, you're on Ron Fez. Hi, um, Eddie. Um, love your show. Love everything in that metal show. Love the new revamp. Love everything about Thank it. Thank you. And Thank you. I, 
I had a question. I had a couple questions for you, real quickly. Um, there's, um, you know, I heard you say that you're a fan of the CD. So am I. I love having the physical disc in my hand. Um, there's a. I feel there's advantages to both the physical disc and the downloads. Um, sometimes you get extra content with the downloads. Sometimes you get extra content with the CD, especially with uh, the issues like Rage Against the Machine. So what's your album. question? And um, so my question is, um, you still prefer the compact disc over over the downloads, even though there could be extras offered with downloads? Yes, without question. Without question, my favorite format in the history of recorded music is still the CD. And it's still a digital format, which I think people forget, so you can still rip it in your phone. And it's it's still, to me, I don't... I, I, I don't People say, oh, they don't sound that good, they're, they're harsh or whatever. Technology has changed that. CDs sound fine. They sound a hell of a lot better than downloads, in my opinion. And I'm not a believer in this whole vinyl revolution. I think it's a very niche thing. I think that uh, nobody's driving around with turntables in their cars and or, or, or putting turntables in their phones in any way. Yeah, if you're an audiophile, I'm sure it's great to sit down with some great tube system and listen like that. But it's very niche. It's not. It's not doing. People think it's making this huge comeback and going to save the music industry. No way. It's such a fraction, a small thing of what it is. Matter of fact, most record store owners that still exist tell me that they sell a ton of vinyl, but most people don't actually even listen to it. They're buying it for the artwork and the jacket, collecting because they want to collect it. And then if they meet the artist, that's what they want signed. I still. Uh my thing is still those cylinders from the player pianos, <laughs> and I love those. And it just—it's a sound. It's organic, and it gives. Uh, my parents had slate when I was a growing is that up right? kid. Yeah, my parents said—I never forget. I didn't know what it was, and I went up on top of the kitchen cabinet, and they, my mom had them wrapped in like towels, and because there were no sleeves, and it was slate. It, that's how they made albums. It was heavy. They were really heavy. So th those were like the seventy-eights. Yeah, they were pre. Yeah, vinyl. Yeah, albums. my uh, my my dad had seventy eights that I never heard, so they must have been like pre World War Two, but they were big thick things, and I'm like, Holy well, shit. let's play some of these. I don't know what the fuck the Benny Goodman or some shit, but with the, we just had nothing that we could ever play them on, and then um, and that's all I know. I don't know where they disappeared to, but they were up in our attic. That sounds awesome. Yeah, they were really heavy. You had to lift them up. <laughs> I may have I may have mentioned this last time I was on, but real quick, Cheap Trick put out their last album on eight track, and and they, they, are an -track they truly did put it. It was really the album on eight track. And when we asked them, I asked them why. They said, because at least when we came out that week, we were number one with something. <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's typical their sense of humor. Really great band, too, don't you think? Great, still great. Yeah. Yeah. That always had trouble fitting in a certain niche. They probably, if that was a band that would have came out in like 65 or 66, would have been, you know, considered part of something. But they were always different, you know, that kind of hard pop thing uh, than everybody that was playing around them. But such a great band, such great songs, and there's only a handful of guys that are now in their 60s that can still sing like they used to. Just the ones that come to mind immediately are are, are uh, Steven Tyler, who's mm -hmm. still unbelievable at 65 Screaming or whatever David. he is. Unbelievable. Sammy Hagar, who I just stood next to at a fantasy camp and watched him sing Montrose songs like he was 20. And Xander. Robin Xander can still... Cheap Trick let me pick their entire set list for a show a few months ago. And I did it on a day's notice and they played it to the crowd in order. 
they never have rehearsed in their life. They don't believe in rehearsing. They're just, we either play the songs and that loose sort of, that's the vibe of Cheap mm. Trick. That's what they go for. They don't even, they don't care about rehearsal. We, we know the songs, we know how to play them. And if, if it's a little loose, that's the fun of it. Um, I always thought that Robin Zander had a perfect voice, too. I mean, it was, you know, that, that voice has always been up there with like a Paul McCartney, you know. Uh, Fez graduated with someone, the girl who married him. Pam Stein. Yeah, the great Pam Stein. Because oh, Robin lives in Florida now. Yeah. 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 I think Sarasota area. Pinellas Park Senior High School. Look at that. Class of 1938. It was a really <laughs> wow. different kind of time. <laughs> Um, the pressure is full effect. Here's um, Frankie. You're on the Ronnie Fed show. Hey, Ronnie B. Eddie yeah. Trunk. Wow, what a privilege, man. If uh, I wanted to ask you, if VH1 handed you the checkbook and said, "Put together a four or five piece band," who would it be? Eddie Trunk Super Band. That could be a special show. The Eddie Trunk Super Band. Oh man, the, these questions are so so difficult. You love them? No. I hate them because you always forget people, and it's like when we do the top five list on on that metal show. Everybody's like, "Well, what about whatever?" And I'm like, "That tries to have people the, take that." The immediate answer I give is that would have been number six. Yeah, you just keep saying that would have been number six because they don't understand you can only use five. They inter they they actually refuse to get involved in this Snowden NSA thing. But if you make a top five list of whatever, it doesn't matter what. How could you leave off? Blah blah blah. It drives them nuts. People go, you know, we only did the top five twice. And if you notice, I'm avoiding answering the question because I freaking mm. hate trying to figure those out. But we've only done, we only do two top fives out of the eight new shows right now of that metal show. Because again, we have so many new features. We have to work different stuff in. People went apeshit the first show that didn't air without a top five. They love to hate it, have top but five. they got to have, they got, we yeah. just thought we were running out of categories. We said, let's rest it a little bit. Mm -hmm. People went friggin' nuts. Mm -hmm. And then when you do the top five, they're like a million tweets. Where the fuck was? Yeah, why are you such an asshole? Yeah, you like, hurt my feelings. Well, they really were number six. Yeah. So to do those lists are hard for me, you, man. Do you ever have one top five that you like discussing? Because, by the way, this came up with Rob Cross, who said to me, he goes, you know what the big difference between men and women? And I said, yeah, it's penises and vaginas. And uh, he said, well, yeah, but also that women do not like to sit around and argue about nonsensical things. So they will not do, women won't have, a, like if they're alone, they won't go, what, who is the greatest Dodger of all time? What's the greatest album that uh, the Stones ever, they don't do that where men do it on an, if you're working at any job, you're going to start screaming at each other over these, what was the best sitcom of the 1970s? Uh, that's all we do. Yeah. I mean, it's all we do. But I, mean, I hadn't thought, I didn't know that women, but then I thought about it, I go, I don't remember women ever bringing it up. Where a man will bring it up to you constantly. I don't know. Do that. Do any of those like um, Hollywood gossip shows, like Access Hollywood or whatever, Inside or any of that? Don't they do kind of a variation? Of shows. I don't either. But don't they do a variation? Isn't that a variation on that? In other words, well, how about this? Have you ever been on a car trip with your chick, and she goes to you? Okay, name the five most overrated singers, <laughs> and you know, you know, if you and Hard Rock Johnny were on a car trip, this would come up. Ooh, what's the most overrated albums of the 80s? It's something.
thing that men do. Tom Morello, who, who has become a good friend over the years, he's been on the show a lot. Every time I go to L.A., he and I go to the Rainbow, the legendary restaurant there, and we sit in a booth. He'll, he'll, he'll know I'm coming. He'll text me. I'm like, when are we doing a Rainbow night? I'm like, okay, we schedule it. And like two assholes. He calls, he's, you know, he's, I'm married with two kids. He's married with a couple kids. He sets the time free from his wife. And we sit in a booth till closing time at the Rainbow and just debate and discuss all this stuff. And he'll, he'll, every, after every episode, he'll text me about the top five. Comeback albums was good, but would you consider rate? Would you consider Number of the Beast by Maiden comeback or not? And then we continue it via text. Mm -hmm. But we'll sit there. Tom Tom has a whole group of games that he'll play. He has he has a great game that we played one night. He calls it a, I think it's least valuable player, and you have to go down the list of all the iconic rock bands of all time and pick one guy. That could go out. That you don't need the least important guy in the band, wow. and it's tough. Does he ever do it with Rage Against He'll the Machine? Never, the rule is, <laughs> the, I tried that. The rule is, if you're playing it and there's other musicians, you can never do their band while they're sitting there. Yeah. But think about a Zeppelin. Who who could you live without in Zeppelin? Plant. See, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. I'll take the girl from Heart and put her in there in a the heartbeat. <laughs> But back in the day, in 1970, you would have? Yeah. Still. Still would have. <laughs> At 15, she replaced Plant. I did not know he was a guy until, like, the third or fourth album. I thought, why does this band have a chick singing? Really? Mm. Tying his fucking little shirt up. Yeah, he must look sexy for yeah. <laughs> Primping up and fucking, I'm a golden god. Are that you poster with the pigeon on his yeah. finger. <laughs> Are you? I come from the land of lice. No, you don't, dude. He comes from, <laughs> from, from yeah, Middle Earth. From <laughs> Middle Earth. There's a time, you know, <laughs> I interviewed him twice in England for TV wow. before that metal show for VH1 Classic. And uh, <laughs> this is a ridiculous story, but he... Um, the crew was making, we, we shot the interview in a castle in Birmingham, England that had been converted into like a bed and breakfast hotel. Cool as hell castle. It's called Roxall Abbey. And we go down and we look and we were sitting up at the bar and the producer comes up and says, okay, we're ready for the shot, but Robert, do you want to come down and look at the set to make sure you're okay with how it looks? So, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll take a look. And we go down and look and... My producer, I guess, tried to get a little creative or what have you, and he he put he lit a fire in the fireplace, and he put these two like gothic-looking sort of chairs in front of the fire and this nice table and like you know like a little flower display, and Plant just comes down and he looks and he goes, "Bloody hell, man! It looks like a fucking Hallmark card," <laughs> and my producer's like, "Oh yeah," he's like. Fucking change that, man. We look like a fucking bunch of old fucking guys reading it. So the one thing he wanted done was he wanted the fire extinguished in the fireplace because we were also two feet from it. It was burning our backs when we sat down. It's total spinal tap, right? But how do you put out? This is a real fire made with real firewood blazing in this thing. You can't just extinguish it. 
you can't you can't just turn it off. There's not a switch, right? So my 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 producer. I mean, you can imagine it's Robert Plant. He's practically going into the fire with bare hands, trying to pull the logs out, <laughs> burning like third degree burns, dropping them on the carpet. It was it almost burned the place down. And Plant, I swear to God, on my kids, Plant just looks at this whole scene, and there's these three big glass bottles of mineral water. And he stands up and he starts taking the mineral water and dousing it from the bottles onto the fireplace. And that makes it, what's that do? It makes it smoke. steam and smoke. And as the friggin' smoke's coming up and plants throwing this water on this thing, he starts singing. Comes from the land of the ice and snow. I swear to God, he starts singing the immigrant song. Of course he does it every fucking minute of the it day. It friggin' anyway. blew my mind. It blew my mind watching this. It was amazing. And we ended up doing the interview, but it took like three hours for the smoke to clear. <laughs> um, here's a question for you, since you won't answer the Superband question. It's just, it's going to take me forever to go through, like, I don't have, like, a long, immediate list of people. Here's uh, Kevin, you're on Run Fest. Eddie, I love the XM show, but I feel like you ignore the uh, genre of thrash metal, particularly uh, band Death Angel, who I think their last three albums have been better than the stuff they put out in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, is there any reason they're not on your radar? No, I mean, only that you're the first person who actually has called and asked about them, and if you call when I'm on, I'll gladly play them. I mean, listen, I got four hours a week here, and I run a pretty wide net of music from new stuff to classic hard rock to metal to thrash. I try to mix it up as best I can, but there's a million bands, and it's just a matter of finding time for everybody. Death Angel, Flotsam and Jetsam just put out a new record. People want to hear it. They call in and ask for it. I'm happy to play it. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, man. You can't play it off for everybody. You can't. It's the hard. I wish. I wish I had five days a week. I wish I had more hours. I just, you know, it's, I love doing it, but it's it's still fighting the fight to get people to give me the time. Of course, it'll always be like that. Yeah. We have to announce the weekender winner from this past weekend, best summer vacation summer trip. And that winner is Skins, who's talking about taking his dirt bike down the Continental Divide from the U.S.-Canadian border to the U.S.-Mexican border. On his summer trip, he wins a signed basketball signed by NBA Hall of Famer and former Senator Bill Bradley. Was he a Washington senator? No, U.S. senator. Mm. All right. Well, uh, Eddie, tonight... You'll be doing your show, and then Friday nights, it's that metal show. Saturday. Saturday nights. 11, 11, 10 Central, yep. And my second book's coming out September 24th. Pre-orders now on Amazon.com, and uh, we're going to tie in the book to this party that I'm talking about, too, as soon as it's set up, because you guys came to my first book party. That was fantastic. So, we got to meet your family. Yeah. What a great, uh, what a great time. And Bumblefoot. Bumblefoot. Love Bumblefoot. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, he's still on the road, too, right? Still, still doing Guns N' Roses and a bunch of other stuff as well. Good guy. All right, Fez, you got anything else uh, you need to plug? Uh, also, coming up, it is the Summer Barbecue Photo Contest during 4th of July and that entire week. Make sure you send in what you're barbecuing. Get, send a photo. All the details are on the com. 
Great prize there. It's True Romance, signed by the late James Gandolfini. Oh. Are you over that yet in Jersey? Man, uh, flags at half-mast in Jersey today. Phenomenal. Uh, by order of Governor Christie for James Gandolfini. Do you hear what Springsteen did for him? No. Springsteen's in London performing stops and said, we're going to do this for James Gandolfini because he always loved it, and played the whole Born to Run album, Pillar to Post, for Gandolfini. Wow. With little Steven up there, probably, you know, choked up. Poor little Steven. Yeah. Amazing. Fezzy, Um, look forward to seeing you in the Pride Parade, in the thong. Are you going to wear the thong, Fez? No, I will not be wearing the thong. It goes against everything I talked about today. Put it on. Shower Bench said, uh, thanks for coming around. Um, means a lot to her wow. that they finally made adapted everything that she's told you to do. So that's, that's fantastic. You're picking up a lot of conservative fans out there. Because you're the conservative gay guy. You're the log cabin guy. And what was it that your friend said? Uh, no faggots are going to make him not eat a delicious chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A. I guess we should all be that way. All right, see you guys back in here Wednesday. We're off tomorrow. Peace. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk.